This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered 12! I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. Everybody, welcome into a Tuesday. It is the Bostonian versus the book. Dave Sheriff and Matt Peralt with you for another hour plus here. Sports Grid TV replay live on YouTube, live on Twitter with a lot to get to on the docket today. Late breaking off the field stuff that we'll get to for Tom Brady. Football stuff to get into. We got cheating and fishing. We got cheating and poker. We got cheating and chess. How the hell you? is going on out here? <laughs> How are you, sir? You hesitated when you said it's Tuesday because you don't know what day it is. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what day it is. I don't know what day it is. It's a one hundred percent correct read on my pause. I had oh, to go. It's. it's I was going to say Wednesday, and I went. It's not Wednesday. No, it's Tuesday. not Wednesday yet. <laughs> we wish it was Wednesday because that would be one day a little further along. But no, it's Tuesday. Um, there's a lot of shit going on. There's a lot of stuff going on on the field, off the field, in the book, in people's houses, outside of people's houses, apparently with the Brady's. It's not the Brady bunch. Um, yeah, we got a lot. The, the, the rundown is uh, it's a little bit electric today. There's a lot of we're, things to talk about. A lot, a lot of things to talk about today. So let's <laughs> let's jump right into this last night. So did you text Carmine after the game last night? He wins 115000 because he hedged. He put up a ticket. He put in $15,000 on the other side. He did. So he wound up coming out on top yeah. a little more than we thought he was going to wind up making, a little more than one hundred five for our yeah. friend Carmen Bianco came on the show yesterday. So do you think he sweated it out? Do you think he cared? I mean, you want you, you want 116 versus 150000 I mean, I, I know it's a difference of 35000 but I mean, it's a lot of money. No, you know who I was going to text was Trig, right? Because that was 10 to 105 is a, that's a difference. He woke up today with 105 and I know he stayed awake the whole time. Hell yeah. And um, yeah, that was, that was fun. Carm texted me um, the ticket and stuff. And I I said, I won't, you know, if you're going to tweet it, I'll just, I'll wait. But he, he said, I thought I was going to have to run around and help, uh, you know, make, make some moves for him. Um. I think he's good. Like he's he's coming to town. Should be so good. we're we'll get together. That was fun having him on. He he texted again and said thank you guys again. Uh, you know, I had a great time talking to you guys and hopefully um we're gonna get sausage and peppers in a week cool. or two, whenever he so, gets here. So. so Triggs went eighteen and two. Is that what he went? Uh eighteen one and one. Uh no, seventeen. Eighteen one and one, two, right? Or he, had, he had a half a point, or did he matter. have two ties? It doesn't. It, oh, 18 one and no, 18 he, one he, and two. He'd have to go 18 one and one. He had to tie him the, the same as like 18 and a half points. Yep. 
So he went 18, one and one. It's yeah, we'll have to find out Triggs, uh, tr- Triggers loser. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what's that's, the game that he lost? That's impossible. The one game that you lose. But I mean, my gosh, to split first and second place prizes like that. You now, congratulations. That's the fun of these contests where you're just, you know, the dream. People say the dream is to win the Circa Million. It is. But for a lot of us, including myself, the idea is just to be in Carm's position. If you could win just a quarter leg, if you could have a ridiculous heater for four weeks, you're good. Like, you're good for the rest of the year. You're, you're good for <laughs> forever. Like, yeah, I, I, mean, like, I don't yeah. need to win nothing after that. I got it. I got the next decade or two paid for. And... Well, Damon Graham, I've only met one person that's won one of these. Damon Graham was the barista who won the Westgate Super Contest, and he won a million dollars. And I asked him, you know, I, I did a long podcast with him about four years ago about it. And because he's kind of like he's the guy that caused the public to pay attention for, for, for a long time. You guys have to remember, it, it feels like it was a, a century ago, but up to like five years ago, six years ago, these contests were considered to be basically just contests for professionals, right? It was a handicapping contest for pros because everyone would always have 10th place in the Westgate super contest, right? They'd always yep. have these, these, these things on, on, on them. Are we okay, Matt? Are we, are we same problem from yesterday? Your same problem as yesterday. You kind of went fuzzy and stuff. So we went to the ISO shop with my Phillies gear on so what do you want? What, what, what do you want me to do? What, and, and we got to fix this clearly. Okay. Yeah. And I, so yeah, it's the same thing. Uh, it's a title problem. So just disconnect, and I'll I'll reconnect you. So okay. All right. All right so I'll keep talking. Hold, yeah. Hold How on. How about that? Um. Yeah. Matt was talking about the uh, people that have won the contest. He's only met one. I know like six of them. Um. And it's amazing how you think it's life changing. It doesn't change anything. It helps you with some money. But just like the book, you got to just keep picking winners and move on. I'm, you okay. know, it's it. How was your your barista guy? Oh, podcast. Exactly what you said. That he won the money, and it was kind of like now what? Because he didn't have to work at Starbucks anymore, right? So like now he had to figure out. And this was I don't know I don't know what he's doing now, but like he had all these different ideas that you know everything you'd ever want to do was now opened up to you. But it actually became kind of a problem because. You have all these ideas opened up to you. In which direction do you go? He got kind of, you know, paralyzed, paralyzed by, you know, um, was that saying paralysis, paralysis by analysis? analysis. Yeah. yeah. So he he was just staring at all these different options, and he was like, "I don't know what to do, but just go back and enter the contest again." Like <laughs> that was sort of like it became who he was. So it, you're right. It doesn't. It takes you out of a job that you might not like but you're still left with you. Like you don't change. You get up every day. You're still you. The money doesn't really impact your soul or what you want to do with your life. You have to figure that out for yourself. It's so true. And I mean, this is, this is again, so many things in the book that are a metaphor for life, like that I've just taken and come up with all these sayings and heard all these expressions and met so many of these people. Like I said, I've met eight, probably eight people that have won these contests and they're like, yeah, it's great. I got the money. They're, they're relieved. Yeah. They're relieved first and foremost. Like they're not excited. They're relieved because you get that closer. You win. It's great. Let me ask you this. Do you think money buys happiness? Hell no. So here's the thing. Money doesn't buy happiness. I literally had this talk with my class 
two classes ago. Money doesn't buy happiness. But what money does do, though, it takes away the stresses and the anxiety of commitment, meaning your mortgage, meaning your car payment, meaning your insurance payments, things, your bills get taken away. And you realize that you think that those are all the big problems in your life. And then when they're taken away, you realize those actually aren't the problems in your life. Those are just the, the pressing acute problems of your life, not the long standing issues that are still part of you every day when you get up. So money doesn't yeah. buy happiness, but money takes away stresses that lets you address the bigger issues that are going on with yourself. You know what else it does too? I got my, one of my dearest friends in life said this to me and I don't know if he got it from Steve Harvey or not, but he heard it or, or he said it himself. Money accentuates who you are. If you're an asshole and you get money, you're a bigger asshole. Fair. If you're generous and you get money, you're more generous. It, you know, it, it, it gives you the freedom kind of like you said, to be who you are. Yeah. And you can't, it's, it's hard to change people. I mean, I'm 52, you're 45. Hard to ask anyone to change at this age. Like you kind of learn who you are as you're going up. Mm -hmm. But if somebody gives you money or you earn, you win a contest at 20 something, you're going to have a whole bunch of issues. (laughs) Like look at all these pro athletes. They, They get all this money. These young college kids are now, I mean, what the hell's going on? We'll get to it later. But well, like child, child actors, they just go way back with the child actors. Like these, these, like these kids are they're going to stop playing football in these colleges. They're all these things like because of money. And I don't, I don't think it buys happiness. Happiness is an ever, never ending odyssey. Is it not? Like you win this contest, you get this bag. Now you what? Are you happy? Well, you weren't happy before. Right. Like, what What does that mean? What is that going to change? How does that make you happy? I don't sometimes, know. Sometimes it makes you less happy. Sometimes it makes you saying. unhappy. Sometimes it's, it's actually a vice where the money becomes a problem where you're like, like I said before, like Damon Graham was pretty honest about it. He was like, he's like, you know, I had to take a couple of months to figure out like what next? Like, what do I do? Oh, like hell yeah. he went and had some fun. He did the strip thing. He was partying. And then like after a little while, you kind of like wake up and you're like, this isn't fun anymore. Like doing this every night, this isn't fun anymore. So now I got to figure out what do I want it? Like, what do I want to do? And it's, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, I the interest alone, a million dollars in the bank, the interest alone, you can sit there and you can not live off of it, but close to, if you want, you can certainly breathe. And yeah. that's what I tell everybody that's in my life, even from my wife, my kids, all my friends and family, like when you get stressed, first thing you got to do is just breathe. Fair. And then you figure it out. And if you don't figure it out right away, it's okay. You're not supposed to. Money helps you figure things out maybe quicker, but it also confuses the fuck out of you quicker too, right? Because now you're like, oh, I can do, like you said, I can do whatever I want. Well, can you? Wait, right. hold on. Because that money goes and then you're left with what? What did you do with it? And then you're the smuck who blew a million dollars. Right? Because right? then, then, then your friends and family are all like, wait. You won a million dollars? Yeah. How long ago? 10 years ago. And what do you have left? Oh, really? Ooh. You, oh, yeah. I blew all of it. I was an idiot. I was stupid. 
And that's just the reality of it for a lot it's of these sometimes people. Sometimes you can't even help it. Like you do the right things. You, you, you oh, invest it right. Or someone robs you. you. <laughs> yeah, someone some steals from you. Somebody or some just stock the business scheme. goes bad. Whatever yep. you're doing was good for two or three years. You don't see the run going down. It goes down and you're out. And then right. you're, you're, you're invest in something you think is a home run. And all of a sudden you're out. The stock yeah. tanks or the, you, know, right. you didn't see the recession coming or whatever it might mm-hmm. be. And all of, all of a sudden your money is gone. And yeah, I, I mean, you have to be willing. I mean, you know, $100,000 is a lot of money. I wouldn't call it life-changing amounts of money. But it definitely lets you buy a new car, <laughs> no car payment. So, you know, you know, the wife gets a brand new whatever she wants and you're paying in cash. You're handing it off. You're like, here you go. You're done. You know, there's no car payment to worry about. You can pay probably for the insurance for a bunch of years on it and you right. don't have to worry. So like you walk into the dealerships and think, yeah, I want that car for $75,000. i am going to give the insurance company $25,000 and we're good to go for the next 10 years for this car. We're done. We don't have to pay for anything else anymore for this car. And that makes, you know, that's how some people, car mindset, that's how he, he's going to spend the money. Other people might use that as seed money to start a business. Other people might gamble it. Who knows? I mean, it just depends on what you want to do with it. But, you know, the dream is to win a million for the circuit million. But really, to me, the dream is to be where Carmine was, to where, to where trigger, trigger was. Just go ahead and win one of the quarter polls <laughs> and you turn a, a $1,000 entry into a 100K. And then... You have to pick the picks this week, right? <laughs> and, then, and then good luck going. To the, yeah. And then I got to start over. I got to look at these games this week. We looked at the games a little oh bit yesterday. Where do we go from here? Oh, Good luck. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> so Niners, what do you make of this? Because this is, I, I said this on Twitter. I said on the shows yesterday, I just blindly bet the Niners when they're at home against the Rams. And I blindly bet the Rams when they're at home against the Cardinal or on the road against the Cardinals. And somebody pointed out also do the same thing with Seattle when they play at the 49ers. It's the mm-hmm. same thing. But Russ, that was under Wilson. We'll see what Geno Smith is going to be doing. But right. Geno's, Geno's played pretty well. It's a really weird division, is it not? Um, I think Stucky called it the NFC West Circle of Life. Right. And it just went like that. And um you could tell like McVeigh was up tight on the sideline, right? Like he was getting, he's getting mad because Stafford kept holding the ball and getting sacked and kept throwing it to the wrong guy. And then that pick six was, was the nail. It was on two, you could have thrown two pick sixes. That yeah. linebacker just dropped that right over the right. middle, man. At the end of the game, I thought all, oh, cause I thought that was going to be the prime time over. I was like, there's the over hit. And I was like, ah, he dropped it. And then it, it didn't, it didn't come in. Yeah, I mean, I really thought that game, it was 14 to six. And I was like, okay, this game's going to go over. I was like, we're at 20 points, fourth quarter scoring. It's going to get to 23. You thought that points. game was going over at, the, at that point in the game? Oh, yeah. I, I, in that part of the game, I thought uh, that the Rams were going to open it up and that was going to lead to interceptions and turnovers. And I thought we'd see, I mean, the Rams offense is only Cooper Cup. I mean, it's only, I, I'm so it's pissed so off. I lost the obvious. bet. I lost the bet on Stafford's underpassing because they couldn't get that last damn first down to keep the football. Those last three passes for Stafford were complete garbage and Stafford. So he goes over 248 and a half passing uh, yardage. Never. You should have been. It was a dead under the entire damn game. Yeah. And then they, they punted the ball back and I'm like, he's going to throw the ball three times. They're playing a shell defense and I'm going to lose this damn under on Stafford passing. And I lost it for that very reason. I was on under Cooper cup as well. Cause I figured take away Cooper cup and you stop the offense for the Rams. Well, they couldn't stop it. They instead said, we're going to stop everyone else. Cooper can have his and no one else is doing anything. And it was a good, it was a good strategy. I mean, Cooper cup went off last night 
and no one else did anything. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I, I can't figure out why they went and got Allen Robinson if they're never going to throw him the ball. Like, I, I just don't understand it. And they cannot run the ball. It's painfully obvious. They cannot run the ball. Even when they try, they cannot run the ball. Then they stop trying and just say, throw it to Coop. Throw it to Coop. Do that, do that thing where he's out there and then Seven throw route. it to Coop. And yep. then have him do that end around play. We'll give it to him. Like, Coop, you, can you breathe? Because you're going to get the ball again. Like, we're going to get a first down. We're going to pretend that we're going to run. Then we're going to throw you the ball. And we're going to throw you the ball again. It's, it's, uh, it's crazy because the defenses know it's coming and he still gets it. It's just one of those ones in a book. Uh, what was his total yards yesterday? What did he get? 90, 93. What he went up with? The, the, he had 93 was the prop. I bet under 93 yards receiving for, for, for Cooper Cup. And he wound up with, uh, let's see, he wound up with uh, 122. 14 receptions, 122 yards for Cooper Cup. <laughs> Four in a loss. 14 receptions. Is he bet? So I don't even know how many targets he had. That's a lot. Um, um, I'm going to say 17. I'll tell you right now. Uh, number of targets for Cooper Cup last night was 19. Okay. Ridiculous. 19. One game. Targets. Matthew Stafford threw the ball 48 times yesterday. 19 of them were thrown to Cooper Cup. Yeah, not a recipe for success for the Rams. If Stafford got to throw the ball 48 times, we're in trouble. Yeah, so uh, that's the truth. Think yep. about this. He got 19 targets, 14 receptions, 120-something yards, and the game stayed under, and they lost. I think Cooper Cup props are better when they lose than when they win. Fair. Right? Because they yep. get a lead and they maybe try to protect Fair. or they have some success running, and he don't get it. Yeah. This was driving me crazy the last year that I was in the book with this Cooper Cup prop. What do you make the total? What do you make the total? I you start at 95. Game go before goes on the right move and move it to 93. But when it goes over like this, what's the adjustment? 99 and a half. Is he going to get 100? You got to make that the bet. It's crazy. It's just, it's. Uh, so for the third second day, best team in the NFC. The Rams are. Are the Rams. Who's the second best team in the NFC? Because it's obviously Philadelphia, number one. I would say Dallas at the moment. Crazy. Crazy to say with Cooper Rush, but I think that's the argument. I, that's I mean, defensively, I'll take that defense right now up good. against pretty much anybody right now. Good. I mean, Micah Parsons and company, they are flying good. around the football mm-hmm. right now. And Cooper mm-hmm. Rush just doesn't make big mistakes. Doesn't make big plays, but it doesn't make big mistakes. So, I mean. Winning you know. football. Defense. And quarterback don't make mistakes. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, that's, it's not sexy. It's not like, oh my God, look out. This is incredible. But I mean, it's W's. It is what it is. Right. We need, you just, we need dubs. That's what win. So all you're trying to do is, is, is win games. I mean, Indianapolis at Denver this week on Thursday for primetime unders. I mean, how low should this total really be? 28, 30. I mean, who's scoring in this game? These are these are two offenses that aren't doing anything right now. Indianapolis and Denver on Thursday night football. I mean, how much lower you want it to be? Forty three and a half. I guess we could go down to last, forty. Last night was forty two and a half. Yeah, but they got good defenses. Colts defense isn't good, is it? Broncos couldn't score on anybody. It doesn't matter if it's good defense or not. Broncos can't score. 
Broncos in the red zone are horrific. I see. I mean, I when when I look at this stuff, I look at the defenses first. Okay. Because good defenses can stop anybody. Like really good defenses. Broncos defense in the red zone is top five in the in the NFL. Broncos defense is extremely difficult to score on in the red you know, zone. They Pass played rush. Seattle, Houston, the Raiders, and who they have in between? The Niners. Not exactly, uh, not the best offenses, so to True. say. So, uh, no, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't put it that low. I, this might be one of those games that we're surprised that both teams are in the 20s on Thursday. Only because it's the contrarian thought. The first thought is these teams can't score, so then they score. That's why I would I would believe, agree. With well, you. I don't the know. The numbers are all like, saying the other thing. The, the numbers are all projecting it to be a, like a 9-6 football game. How in the hell is Denver again in prime time? Like the, the league and Russell are thought, working together. This is a, well, no, this is a complete conspiracy. Russell Wilson has the highest Q rating of any quarterback in the NFL with non-football fans. You went and asked the Raider fans here and even the Bronco fans, and I saw that. You said, is he, would you say corny or cool? Yes. They didn't want to answer it. None of them wanted to answer. Of the course truth. not. Because <laughs> that's their guy. That's their quarterback. Yeah. But Bronco fans know. Yep. He's corny as hell. Yeah. But corny settles. He's in on it. He's got to be in on he it. He might be. I mean, him and he's Sierra in might be. It. He got him. But I mean, like, it's spicy is now like the running meme everywhere. <laughs> like, it's just when he. That weird look he has on his face. He goes, ooh, it's spicy. <laughs> like it's- My phone is blowing up from all over the country about this with the model and the other guy. I don't want to ruin it with the thing because I know it's in the rundown. With the poker card? edition. The poker thing? The, no, the Brady and Giselle. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I just got a text. It's, it's so good. It's, it's, <laughs> newbie well, said... A man divorcing a Super Bowl model just to get just to get bounced by the Eagles in the playoffs is wild. <laughs> Philly, all right, baby. let's go to it. Let's go to it now. So, New York Post is reporting. We were told this at the Westgate. We were talking with some people that are in the know down in Florida, and I just asked. I just said they're getting divorced, right? And this person said, "Yeah." Said it's it's coming. It'll it'll come on out. That yeah, it's. Essentially, you know, as I asked some people, the, the, the rumor basically is, is that Brady was told by Giselle, I want a divorce and I'm leaving. I'm going to Brazil. That's why Brady had to leave camp because she just said, I'm out. I'm done. I'm hiring. A, I'm hiring a divorce attorney. I'm out of here. And that was Tom had to go back and take care of the fam for a couple of days until it all calmed down. So now they're hiring both divorce attorneys. She must have been mad, mad. Look, I don't, I mean. <sighs> mad, mad. I side, I'm on her side. I, I You know, in terms of, I, no one, we have no idea what it's like to be in these relationships, okay? So just be perfectly clear, no one knows what anyone else is going through at any time. I'll tell more on that here in a second. But, like, the idea that Brady told her twice, I'm done. And then he went back to playing football both times. The hell was he going to do? Raise his kids. 
he always talked about family, right? I'm a family first guy. I want to be with my kids. I want to be around my family. I want to be there when Jack is growing up. He talked about his kid in California. That's why he wanted to come to the Raiders. He wanted to be here because of his son in California. We talked about it a ton. We were right. He wanted to go. Him and Gronk coming here. Dana White confirmed it. They had a done deal. And then John Gruden's an idiot and decided to blow the whole thing up and stick with Derek Carr. And that's why Brady went on the LeBron show and he said, you're sticking with that fucking guy. And he was furiously mad and he was right to say, cause we all said the same thing going, Whoa, you picked Derek Carr over Tom Brady. Oh my John Gruden. What are you doing? That's insanity. Neighbor or no neighbor. What are you doing? So we saw maybe, it. Maybe John knew. John knew what? I don't know. This trouble this was Paris. happening. Would you want a ring or not? Would, <laughs> I mean, you could have taken the Raiders to a ring. You could have won a championship in his first year. Could have been the most insane story, but I think John Gruden is just pissed off about the tuck rule still, so he didn't want to coach Tom Brady. So that's <laughs> I'm serious. I think that's why John Gruden said no. Because everyone Gruden forgets say no because of it. I believe that. I fully believe that he would Charles Woodson and him both will never let this go. Him and Woodson will never let the tuck rule go. And so he was like, I'm gonna now coach the guy who did There's my my most dangerous, best. awful moment in my coaching career where I had to <laughs> suck on that. I didn't have to hear that over and over again. No, I'm not. I'm not taking Tom Brady. I fully believe that's why John Gruden said no. It's because of the tuck rule. Because otherwise, that's the only explanation I can come around to square the circle of saying no to the greatest quarterback of all time and bringing Gronk with them to Vegas to start your coaching career, which you have a 10 year deal. You could have Brady for five. My God, just, the logic is unbelievable. You want to be the first kid. So it's all about you talking about family, kids, Listen, raising- man. You could say you'd be there for the kid and stuff, but like, it's hard because you say you're there, but you ain't there. Like you're working all the time, and when you're not working, you're watching film, and you're this and you're that. Like the other person knows what you say and what you do. Actions speak yeah. louder than words. I mean, we we know that. We talk about that stuff all the time. I've talked to people all the time about this stuff. Yeah. I have no idea. Although we did just get the numbers thrown at us. <laughs> what numbers? 250. Yeah. So Brady's, Brady's worth 250 million. Giselle is worth 400 million. Let's, 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 let's say that again. He's worth 250 million and is the low end by I almost wait. half. Pass 400 million. I think that might be low for Giselle. What? She is a global icon. She has an entire continent, South America. She has the entire continent. Oh my. Like, whatever she does, they do. Like, she can go to Paris, she can go to Europe, she can go, she can go into circles that Tom. Would never have she been able to run whatever she wants. Yeah, she's the power player in this relationship. She, I mean, Brady. Look, in our world, Tom Brady is King Kong, but in the on the global scale, Giselle is the King Kong of the relationship. She's the big person. She's got the bankroll. She's the one that she snaps her fingers and everything falls into place. So, and supposedly she's been fired up and really pissed about this for a long time. And Tom, there's no other way of, of spinning this. Tom picked football over being married. Like, that's what he did. I don't know if you could say that. I mean, he picked football right now, but. He picked football. He decided to stay. When he <laughs> retired, he had told her twice, once with the Patriots, I'm done. 
and then he didn't the Patriots really want to retire. He was then, saying he was going to retire. Did, he didn't want to. He didn't want right. to. The Patriots, he he, he, they talked him back into it, and she was okay with that. She was like, fine, you can come back and be good. The Patriots went off on a big run, right? One, three, two Super Bowls or two more Super Bowls. It was all good. Wait, he was going to retire rather than go to Tampa? He was going to retire. No, no, no. He, with the Patriots, before they gave him that deal, that, yeah. he, he, that, that two-year extension, he was supposed to be done. He was retiring at the end of his first contract with the Patriots. That was, or he was like his second contract. He so was supposed to be done. Was that seven years ago? Five years ago? Yep. Remember the conversation that bull on, caca. He was okay. never retiring. He but was re- negotiating with the Patriots. Okay, maybe right. he was, but he uh, there was a very public conversation. The Patriots were thinking about trading Tom Brady. He was going into the last year of his contract. Him and Giselle talked about retirement. The Patriots gave him the extension. She said, that okay, was fine. All, that was all negotiating. Okay. Boy, he was never retired. Then. Maybe, maybe so. I mean, we, only they know. Then his deal is expiring again. Brady worked out that contract that stated, I can leave. You can't franchise tag me. I can go where I want. He goes to Tampa. Right. Wins the championship with Tampa. Yep. Contract two years. He told Giselle, I'm going there for two years. That's all I'm going to do. Second year comes up. Brady walks. He retires. For 40 days, he stayed retired. And 40 they days taking them kids to school and picking them up, summer camp, whatever else. I'm out. I'm done. I'm going back. He thought I was going to be with the Dolphins. He thought I was going to be a part owner of the Dolphins. Who he knows thought- what was going on on his end, but what was going on on her end? Like did she, she left him home with the kids and went to Brazil. Who knows what? Took a shot at the title. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, do, I, who knows what she did? But she wanted, She was extremely angry when he unretired and went back. I don't and- know, man. Maybe he was angry. He said, you know what? You want to go do that? I'm going to go play football again. Really? You said you were retired. No, I'm not. I'm going to go back. Fair. Who knows? Right. We don't know. You're absolutely right. We have no idea what. They what got all on. the money in the world and they ain't happy. That's a that's great a, conversation, right? That's a great <laughs> to tie it all together. There you go. Two they of the got, richest people in the world. Can't stand Jeff each Bezos other. Got to made kids together mm. and ain't got no happiness. I mean, the only happiness is being apart right now. It's crazy. It's cr- Life is nuts, man. This divorce is going to be so messy. This is, this is lawyer on lawyer. This is law firms, not lawyers. This is law firms making their career nut off of this. Those lawyers are happy. Oh, my goodness. The billable <laughs> hours on this thing. I mean, <laughs> my God. How long does this shit take? I mean, if there's a prenup, it probably goes fast. I have no idea whether there's a prenup or not. But if there's no prenup and they're going to fight through all sorts of stuff, yikes. Listen, people, if you're watching this show not live, you need to go back and watch it on the YouTube channel or on props and, and just participate in the chat. The best part, one of the best parts about the show is the chat's rolling. Yeah. I mean, D Weezy just said Brady used retirement for Lent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, I mean, this is, I, you know, hat tip to you. For you, for you non-Catholics, you. that's look up Lent that's, for you. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's a man's got to do what a man's got to do. Uh, she's worth over a billion. Yeah, right. I think she uh, is. I, I, I don't. I think that four hundred million is really low for what she's worth. I, I think that number is not right. Dear, I think, I think she's worth like she she's do whatever su- she wants. Then she's the supermodel of supermodels. Like she's the Babe Ruth. Like she's the goat. 
Damn, son. I mean, Victoria's Secret fashion model, Victoria's Secret branding, like all, like she put brands on the map for the 90s and the 2000s. Whatever she touched was <laughs> diamonds, forget gold, turned to diamonds. <laughs> who, uh, this is a great question from Goroff. Who would have made who sign a prenup in that agreement? She may have made him sign it. Because when That's they met, back to play football. Well, think about it. In 2008, when they met, Brady was a three time championship quarterback who had signed two deals, but was nothing compared to the marketing mogul he is now. So, but she was still Giselle and she was at the prime of her peak. Like she was making, I think when they met, she was making 40 million a year. He was making like five. So, <sighs> my, my gut would be if there is a prenup, she made him sign it. <laughs> Ain't no doubt about that. Minus 800. If there is she one. She would have laughed at him if he brought it to her. Yeah. Right. I'll get married. Sign a prenup. <laughs> I'm good. You, you know what you could do with that prenup, Tom? <laughs> yeah. So Jeez. if there was one that was signed, you know, that's there. I, I haven't said this on the air, so I feel like I have to say this on the air because as we're talking about this, I'm 45. Tom's 45. I'm going to say a lot to you, Dave when the time is right, when this thing's actually done. But I tweeted about it. And so I, people have been asking me, someone just asked me, are you good? Yeah, I'm good. I've been going through a divorce since last February. And when I tell you, and I, I'm not going to get emotional now. When I tell Sorry, you guys, do. I might get emotional now. You know, I've made you cry in the air. Go ahead. I'm ready. <laughs> um. Uh, <sighs> I didn't want, okay. Um, you can take that down, Matt, because I, I, I now I gotta say something. So you can pull that, pull that, the, the, the picture down. Um, you saved my life. I, I, I don't know where I would be today without Dave Sherapan. And when I tell you guys, like people say that all the time, but you don't know what's going on in people's lives. Since February of this year, it's now October. I have gone through the most trying, difficult, horrific experience. And I'm not going to get into it because the mother of my child, I, I'm not interested in going into the details of what happened, but it's a great example of you don't know what people are going through. You don't know the phone calls I made to Dave about hell that was going on in my life, about the... When people get, when people say I'm not religious, okay. But when people say get people get put into your life for a reason, I will tell the story of meeting Dave Sherapan, him walking into my studio at the Palms, and I had no fucking idea why, and I know now why, <laughs> because numbers matter to me; they always have. And two has been the number I was born in four four seven seven. Two has been my number that I've watched for years. Didn't know that two twenty two was going to be the most difficult year of my life. But I also didn't know that something, someone, some God, whatever you want to call them, walked, sent you into my life because you gave me the playbook of how to survive February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. I can't believe it's only been that long. It's been eight long, months. Eight months, brother. <laughs> eight months of literally calls at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I was having things being done to me literally at 1 a.m. Things were being done to me. And I called Dave and I said, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. What, what do I do? 
And the word you say was breathe, breathe, breathe. First thing you got to do is breathe. And you fucking walked me through the, the darkest days of my life. So Tom Brady could have been going through a whole lot of shit for five years and we would have no idea. I've right. been going through shit for ye- like literally months and it feels like years as to what is going on. When you realize things happening that you wake up and uncover stuff and you're going, wait, what the fuck? What happened? What mm. did you do? How did this happen? Where am I going? You're taking my kid where? What are you trying to pull? Lawyers, conversations, accusations, things that I never in a million years, tests. You want to talk about being tested? I've been tested. I can go through anything right now, given what I've just gone through and how I was tested. And But if I didn't have you, I don't know where I am. I'm probably fired. I'm probably in jail. I, I'm probably, I don't know. I don't know where I would be. I, I mean, I, I literally look back as to the things that were done. And if you weren't here, if I didn't have you in this show, to be quite honest, was the rudder that every day, at least for two hours, I knew I was going to have a good day for two hours. After I got off the air, I had no idea what I was going to do. I didn't know what was going to hit me when I walked out that door. I didn't know what was going to hit me. I didn't know how I was going to be, what new thing I was going to uncover, what new scheme I was going to pull out and go, Jesus, this was going on too. I mean, I went into the hospital in February and Dave came, Dave spent time with me. And I realized Dave and Jess, when you guys came and spent time with me, I realized so much in that moment about where my life was and being around people that made me feel good and being around people who didn't make me feel good. I didn't like it anymore. And it highlighted it just so much. And I came back from that and everything changed. Everything became more clear. It was a, 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 a seminal moment of my life. You and I are sitting there watching basketball. I'm sitting in a, in, in a hospital bed and we're watching basketball, betting on basketball games. <laughs> And it was, it was just, it was hysterically funny because we're in a hotel, we're in a hospital room that felt like a hotel, but it was a hospital and I'm there and I get out and I, and I come in and I'm just, from that moment on, everything in my life changed and everything, it was, everything. I'll, I'll never forget that night when you said you were in a hospital and I was going out to eat and I'm like, what, what, you're where? Yeah. I had to go to the hospital. I was like, you know, and I was sitting down with Jess and the kids. I'm like, all right, I got to go. I got to go see P-Road in the hospital. I'm like, what? I said, yeah, I'll be back. I'll, I'll text you, you know, when I get there and I come up, you know, just kind of sat there, whatever. And then came back the next day. And, um, you know, I came by myself. And uh, that was an interesting exchange. <laughs> you know, and you're worried about doing the show. I said, we're not doing the show. Relax. I'm not doing the show. I want to do the show. Yeah, I want you to do the show with me. I ain't doing the show without you. So we didn't do the show, and that was Friday. And then Saturday, me and Jess came, and we spent a lot of time there. And then she left and let us be like two little kids, like two <laughs> brothers just hanging and watching the games and watching. You know, we But we really had a good time. And then you went home. And the real work started. And I remember getting those calls and going, "What? hold on, what? And I woke up in a, in a variety of ways. I was, I, I was in that bathroom behind. I couldn't get up. I fell down, passed out, woke up my face up against the, that bathroom. 
and I couldn't get up. And a lot in that moment became very clear that we're only here for a very short period of time. Yeah. And we have to find our way and we have to do things and be around people that we want to be around. And I started asking questions and then I started to uncover a lot of things. And I went, it's unbelievable. Okay. <laughs> Every day was a new onion. Okay. A new yeah. layer, a new yeah. layer, a new layer. And yeah. it just, it kept, I kept on going down, 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 down. And I never, I couldn't figure out when it was going to stop. I couldn't figure out when the anxiety and the stress. And if you're a guy going through a divorce and you want to reach out because I'm almost, I, I literally today, it's so crazy that Brady, the story came out today because today I'm going to get my divorce papers to be done and I will sign and I will be done. That is today. <laughs> and, and Brady, the story comes out with Tom Brady getting a Man, divorce. Man, this is today. like you jinxing the bets. <laughs> Wait until the shit is final to even talk about it. Well, it is. It, I mean, I literally, I, I talked to my soon-to-be ex this morning, and like we're, 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 her, her, we're just waiting on her attorneys because this is the thing with this. Once they're done with you, once attorneys are done, they take they they know that I'm making any money out of you, so it doesn't matter anymore. Like I've literally been waiting this for a week for them to make a sentence, one sentence change, and it's been a week. And I'm like, I'm gonna go. I told my my ex, I was like, I'm gonna go to their to, to your attorney's office because your attorneys are the ones who are doing it. And I'm gonna stand outside their office and say, Can I teach you how to use a, a Microsoft Word? See, this because is the type of stuff. Like he calls me and says this, and I'm like, <laughs> Breathe. I'll come pick you up. You ain't driving nowhere. Like how stop. many times did you come over? Dave would come over. He would just like, come, I'm coming over. He, he would just come over like 10 30, 4 30. Like, you Listen, know, uh, the, I leave the house. It's like, everybody's getting ready to go to bed or whatever. I'm grabbing the keys and running out. They're like, where are you going? I'm like, Peralt's house. It's like, Oh, <laughs> everything. All right. I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. I got to go. See you later. And just Not stand right. out the driveway and just talk. And like, Not just, all right. Just, it wasn't all right. Whatever. Like, <laughs> it, it was new scheme after but, new twisted plot of like, you know, so as a, as a, if you're a guy going through this, I, I, I mean, I, I hate uh, capital H A T E hate that your brothers went through this. Oh, I, they didn't go through what they went through. Yeah. I, when I see your brother, I've never met your brother, but I will hug your brother and I will say, man, I'm so sorry you went through what you went through, but without oh. you going through with what you went through, I would never have had the weapons from Dave <laughs> to go to battle to just take what I took because Holy of the bigger cow. picture. That's what I mean. You had to stop boxing, and that's when you really start fighting. <laughs> oh. I mean, like, there's so many things that happen. Just look back in the past eight months, and you know there's a plan. We don't know what it is, but we're being directed – Every single day, we get to talk every day for two hours in front of people on TV and have a brigade. I feel power from these people being in this brigade every damn day, man. You said it. This show has saved us both, just given us the strength to keep going on. We're able to bring on guests. We're able to do what we do. Man, they can't take the show away no matter what happens. <laughs> like we're gonna think they can't do it, man. They just can't do it. So we'll if figure you, it out. If you are somebody who's either gone through a divorce or you're going through a divorce and you've watched this show for a long period of time and you'd go, Man, I didn't know you're going through a divorce. I would never have known watching the show. Understand that that's what happens with a lot of people, that you have no idea what they're going right. through. You don't know what the day was like for them. You don't know what was said to them five minutes before they went on the air or what happened to them last night or what thing they uncovered that might 
be affecting their overall. You're passing somebody on the street and they say, fuck you. And like, you want to turn around and, and punch them. And you have no clue what that person's going through. That person may have just found out that their mom is sick with cancer and they and, and their whole world's going to collapse. Yeah. Like you just don't know what someone's going through. And it's taught me so much because I never brought this up. I didn't want to bring this up on the air because it was hell what was going we through. We talked about this, whether it would be cathartic to bring up on the air, whether you wanted to share it or not. And I think this was a perfect time to do it. And this was not on the rundown. No. This was this is this is one of these conversations that you know we'll we'll both remember the rest of our lives. But I yeah. give you complete credit for bringing it out now, because sometimes holding in is not the right move. And I think we've been able to have people tell us stuff now in the past what eight months, nine months since we've been. I mean, even since, go back to December when we started doing the show. Right. Got a lot of people to come here every every day to listen to the show or listen to us later or watch us later for or escape. whatever. They want to escape whatever they're dealing with and we provide that for them. And for oh, us, for me, this great. wasn't an escape. This was me because behind that door, when I opened that door at 1205 and I walked out that door for literally six months or I guess four months, I had no idea what I was walking into. <laughs> okay. Until my ex left, until my, until my ex left, until she finally left the house, Man. I was living with somebody for four months while I uncovered all sorts of things that were going on and she wouldn't leave. Damn, bro. And every day I opened that door, I walked out there and I was like, what am I going to walk into? What am I going to see? And I, when I tell you that I was tested in ways that, I mean, I was, things were said to me, things, I mean, it was unreal. I, I had a knot in my stomach every day at 1205. Cause I was like, man, what am I walking out into? What am I, what am I going to see? And all the show saw was whether it was the cat, it was the, right. it was the landscape guy or all this the other dogs. Stuff. Like, yes. Right. But when I ran out sometimes, Oh, we covered it and we're like, Oh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we, we made up some, some line, some excuse as to what I would, but there was some stuff going on. There were things going on. There were, you know, worrisome moments, things that made me concerned that were like, what the hell? As a guy, you're in a very precarious position and <sighs> divorce is nasty. And you start as a male at a disadvantage because stories can be told and you have to disprove them versus being innocent first. And it's not easy. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong because there've been plenty of guys who have done horrific things in divorces and in marriages. But like, I went through so many conversations with people of being like, I, I don't understand. Like, why, like, why would you ever think that this could be possible? Like, well, we just have to make sure. Why? Oh, because somebody else did that. Well, that's great. I'm being judged by somebody else's behavior, but that's what ends up happening. And the, the, the lawyers don't care. They want to make money. I mean, their whole thing is elongate, delay, push, <laughs> go after this, go after that, ask for outrageous things, you know, take you to the cleaners and do everything that they can do to make as much money as they can. Ooh. And in this town, it's brutal. I mean, the lawyers in this town are something else. So just know that if you're going through a divorce or you had a divorce or you're in the mix or about to start, start the process or whatever it might be, I, I can help as best as I can. I hope you have a Dave Sherapin in your life because I was able to do this show, live my life and keep going because <laughs> without you, there is no now. That's the facts. Well, 
you know, when I had the stroke, I came out the first interview that I did. The first show that I did was you and pushing mm-hmm. the odds. And while I was in a hospital, I was one of you, you were one of my first thoughts with that ridiculous bet on the nuggets <laughs> in the series. And it was live. We, we told the story. We talk about it to this day. Yeah. And again, we're all in each other's lives. I mean, this brigade and these people, I mean, these, this, this thing is flowing. Like people are saying, well, it sounds like my divorce or like, wow, this talk is unbelievable and has nothing to do with sports. I've been saying nobody knows shit for a long time now. When I say it, I don't mean it just about betting. It, mm. it's, we're using betting as the platform. Right. But like, you don't know. And you said it. You don't know what anyone's going through. I used to be that way. I used to be that guy in the book and taking people's bets and going, what is wrong with them? Why are they so mad? Or why is they mm. such a, they're just rude to people. Never judged, just took the bet and moved on. And now as a parent, as a spouse, as a sibling, as a son, still, my mom's still alive. I don't understand where anyone's coming from ever. Hmm. I just try to respect it. And it doesn't affect my my mental state anymore. I can't, I don't allow another person's misfortune, bad day, good day, whatever. I'm having a good day every day I wake up, every single day I wake up. And if I can help somebody have a better day with a five minute exchange, I want to be that person. I don't want to be the person that causes someone a, a bad day. So able to listen. It's so and funny then, because I, I, when I first, when you first told me you wanted to be a rabbi, I was like, Wow. I couldn't see that. When you first told me that, I was like, I can't see that. Oh, the rabbi saw it. I didn't want to be a rabbi. He asked me to be a rabbi. But I see it. Right. I I see it. Because you are so easy with people that you're able to keep your head in situations that are not that are very stressful. Oh. And you see the the playing field where for the person who is in the middle of the the storm, you see an inch in front of your face and it's just panic and disaster and scare and stress and anxiety. And you're able to kind of like push that apart and show the person, Hey, let's look big picture now. Okay. Let's look about where you're going to be in a month, four months, five months. Let's look at what, where where your daughter's going to be in five years, 10 years. What, what do you want to look back on? How do you want to, how do you want to think about this situation because it's today that's bad. It doesn't mean the next 10 years have to be bad unless you do something today to make the next 10 years be bad. <laughs> and it was all those things that you said to me were, you know, it, it kept me watching and, be, and paying attention to what I'm supposed to be paying attention to, which is my kid, which was all about my daughter. And that was all I thought about over and over again was my daughter, my daughter, my daughter. It's amazing. The conversations that we've had, and you know, you, you, we learn so much about each other, but a lot of times all I'm doing is letting the person talk mm-hmm. and then presenting it back to them in a different way, right? Like you told me some of these stories about when you were a kid and I'm like, dude, you've already seen all this. Isn't you've that wild? Lot <laughs> How and you, life it, prepares it, you for these things that like I, I've been right? through this as a child and, and you know. My mom and dad had a really nasty divorce and I, and I had, I saw a lot of things when I was a kid right? as they went through that divorce and I tried and you pointed it out a million times, you know, you've seen through kids' eyes, now put yourself in your daughter's eyes. Well, how do you want your daughter to remember this? 
That's that's life, man. Right. Like always yeah. try to put yourself in the other person's shoes and see it. And that's how that's how you learn, I think, or I, that's what's worked for me, how to one respect another person's position. And ironically, I've been taking bets when somebody comes up and tells you that you're wrong, man. I'm <laughs> betting this. OK, like that's great. Maybe I don't see something that you see. And now you get a life situation like this where you've seen so much. Forget about you're the rabbi, you're the priest, you're the shrink, you're everybody in this thing right now. And you're it's your life. And you got that little girl looking at you with a lot of questions. And you don't have all the answers. That's the other thing. I think we learn so much by listening and humbling to know that we don't know shit, mm. but we can listen and mm. maybe learn a little something every day and use it better. It's it's I don't know, man. I, I just, it's, it's, it's crazy. When you added that late to the rundown, I'm like, man, today might be today. <laughs> I literally thought it, but I'd never say it. I'd never yeah. say it. You know? I, because we, we, we talked about this, David, and I talked about it about three months ago. And I said, what do I say? Like, I, I want to live authentically on the air. I, I want people to know. <laughs> and you said, you don't have to say anything. Like when, when it's right, it's time. You, it was you, right. You'll know it's That's time. Right. And, it just today just felt like the time to say the last eight months have been the hardest eight months of my life. And I have struggled on a million different levels as a man, as a father, as a co-host, as, um, you know, just trying to keep, keep just it all together. Be. Just keeping yeah. it together. Just keep hard, it all together. And, Sometimes it's hard. You know, I had to go to our bosses for, for, for a bit and I'm sure you guys have been through divorces. You understand what it's like when you go to like, Hey, I need to tell you this. Like there's some things going on legally that, you know, you need to understand I'm going through a divorce and you know, you need to understand where I'm at and what's going on because you know, you, there could be things, phone calls could be, could be made to you guys and you guys need to be prepared for, you know, this is not pretty at the moment. This is not a fun divorce. And you know, I, I'm being attacked literally on a lot of, on all these different levels. And as a guy, I mean, my father was an abusive prick. Okay. He's, but I, I understand my dad more now because there were some things that were going on that, that were unfair to him. And he was really pissed off about it and he didn't know how to handle it. And he didn't know how to deal with it. And as a kid, I looked at my mom and I was like, my mom's vulnerable. I'm going to side with my mom. and going through this, you know, I, I, a bunch of different times I would go, man, my dad, I remember my father saying this stuff, that this was going on. And I remember like, oh, my dad was just making this shit up. Like he wasn't like, like, come on, like, this is not really going on. Why would they do that? And I'm like, okay, maybe my father wasn't totally insane. There were some really crazy things going on. Maybe he had a right to be really pissed off about this and he had a right to be really mad about what was being said and how, what was being done to him. And you know, just remembering he handled it the wrong way because he got, you know, he had anger issues and I was always trying to handle it the right way. But I mean, you know, just understand that like if you have something going on in your life, I know someone has reached out to me from the brigade that was going through alcoholism. Someone was going through the brigade who was addicted to gambling. Someone who's reached out to me who was losing their dad in this show is what is what got them through the grief of going through walks. They put the show on and they go on a walk because them and their dad used to go on a walk all the time. And that was how they felt close to their dad. And they listened to this show for two hours as they walk around. Just know that we appreciate everything. And I felt like, 
I don't want to say I felt like a fraud if I didn't say it on the air, but I, I've always lived my life on whatever show I'm doing because I feel like that's, we're all going through stuff. We're all Every dealing day. with stuff. We're all Every dealing day. with problems. We're all dealing with life. And it's just because I got a microphone in front of my face doesn't mean I'm any different than you guys are. And I want to mm-hmm. be able to relate to you guys. And I didn't feel like it was right until it was done, until it was pretty much everything was done. And I know I'm well, I mean, uh, yes, we, yes, we yes. made little jokes too about like the lawyers and the this yeah. and the that. Yeah, we, there we, was we, times we, I'd be yeah. like, wait, the lawyers, the lawyers, and you're like, oh, okay. You yeah, know, yeah. we were talking we, about we had one inside thing jokes. We, were we had inside jokes that like we'd make reference to it. And like, but since I tweeted it out, I, I tweeted Tom, I feel you, bud, on the story. And somebody wrote to me and said, Are you okay? And I was like, All right, I need to now is the day to like, you know, I'm 45, Brady's 45. He's going into the divorce. I'm coming out of the divorce. And I don't know. I, I don't know what it's going to be like to be single. I haven't been single, I haven't been single in a decade. So I, I don't know what that's going to be like. And that's where you were talking about title shots and everything else and making jokes and whatever. And like, you know, Davis called me up and be like, you're not going on a title shot for till March Madness. And I'm like, March Madness? Like, you're done. No dating. I'm like, I want to go out with this girl. No, you're not doing it. Mm-mm. Nope. So, I feel like I feel like I gotta harness you in sometimes and be like, like stop, relax, breathe. Why can't I go out? No, you can't go out. Why not? No, you can't do it. So oh, fine. <laughs> Only because so. it's Vegas and it's just it's just not yet. Not yet. I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed out yet. We're I doing I road work right now. We're gonna work on catching the chicken. <laughs> We're gonna run up the mountain. We're gonna do all this stuff. I you you to send me these pictures of you hiking on Sundays. I'm like, yep. Drago, <laughs> Drago, get up there. Like, here we go, baby. Let's go. I mean, this is uh, great. This is awesome. I'm gonna be riding that bike in front of you, saying, "Let's go, run, run, come on, yeah, keep going, guys." I, I I I'll I'm getting a bunch of DMs from people on this. I, I'll I'll respond as much as I can. Thank you for those guys are reaching out and saying stuff in real time. I do appreciate that, but I I'll, I'll respond to as many of you. Guys I'm getting a couple texts too. Like, this is great. I mean, this is. It's not great. Don't get me wrong. It's not great, but it's it. Look, guys, no one talks about this shit. No one talks about divorce. Okay. No one. The the, the thing that always that I I talk to you about this all the time. Like, there's no fucking playbook for a divorce from a guy perspective because we're always considered to be worthy assholes. We're the ones that you go into it and like, what'd you do? Oh, what'd you do? (laughs) You must you must have done something. It must have been your fault. You're you're the one. Oh yeah, it was my this whole thing. This fell apart because I might it was my fault. I'm the one that did all this. Yeah, it's totally my fault. Everyone's culpable on some level. Okay. I'm not saying that divorce isn't a two-way street, but it's always like in relationships, people always want to say, like, who well, who fucked up? Like who, who made a mistake? Who who who's in the wrong? And I had to be the line from Shawshank Redemption when uh Red, you know, Andy asked him, Hey, did you do it? Are you guilty? No, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. Like it's always innocent, like right, yeah. except for the guys at a divorce. You're guilty automatically. Oh, it's immediately you did something. What did you do? And so I feel like no one ever talks about that, and no guy ever hears about this. And so like I felt so alone for so long, and I talked to you about this, going like, I, there's no conversation point about like when this falls apart, like how are you supposed to keep it together? How are you supposed to go on? No one trains you for all this stuff. When it when a, a, a something dies, a relationship like that, you commit, you say vows, you you think everything's going to be that way, and then everything falls apart, and you're like, oh, uh, okay, now what do I got to go do? Now what? Now what? And you got to put your you got to kind of piece yourself together and figure this out. And like, it's not 
You know, I, I, last night I saw a video of Terry Bradshaw on Sunday. I'd missed it. Terry Bradshaw made the announcement that he had had two surgeries for cancer because people the week before were making fun of Terry Bradshaw because Terry Bradshaw was having a tough time speaking. He was. And they're like, well, man, Terry, uh, that's, that's tough, man. Terry, I don't know. Something it's Pat. And he's like, he has to come out and say, Hey, by the way, I had bladder cancer and skin cancer. I had two surgeries. Like, yeah, you want to cut the guy a little bit of a break here? I mean, and he's like, you never know what someone's going through. And I was just like, that's what really started me thinking about. I was going to say something at some point in the next week after that. This just breaking opened the door for me to walk through and really make the announcement and kind of say what's going on. But like Bradshaw having to do that, I felt horrible for the guy. Like the whole, everyone on that set, on that set, they all knew what he was dealing with, but they weren't going to say his private medical stuff. He had to be the right. one that had to come out and say it, but he was forced to come out and say it because of what people were saying about him. And like, that's, you never know. And I've told you this. I didn't really, I, I've always done this. Like I, you know, I, I walked around when I, like I was Muhammad Ali when I was 10. Mm-hmm. I just didn't, really didn't let it bother me what people said because they were going to say it anyway. Right. I couldn't control it. And we talked about it last Friday on the show. And this judge gave that speech and talked about integrity and being a leader, man, all you got to do is answer to yourself. And we have these public jobs now and we're on, we're on TV. We're talking Mm -hmm. about this stuff, but we've been living like this our whole lives. I mean, we've been the star of our own show for a long time. People have been looking at me and asking me what to do since I'm five years old. I'm the oldest of five. I got two brothers and two sisters that relied on me to lead them along the way. And despite what Brother Doug says, he followed along. Brother Doug (laughs) thinks he knows everything. (laughs) Brother Dan was the the muscle in the group. Brother Dan's six foot two, 260, and he's the big dude. But we're tight. We were always tight because my parents made us sure we were tight. And then my sisters came along. So I've been the lead wolf in a pack for a long time. And I was always that guy for the friends. And I, But I walked around like I was, you know, my other nickname from some kids in school was primetime <laughs> back in because I was Deion Sanders. You know, when Deion Sanders showed up, I'm like, shit, that's Dave. Right. Damn right. I walked around like that. But at the same time. Everyone thought one thing. They didn't know what was going on. So I've always been, went through a lot of shit too. And when I write the book someday, everyone will know, but I don't hide from it. Mm. You know, my dad almost had to go away. I mean, he did go away for a year, but not to the big house, but to halfway house and all kinds of stuff. I saw who was around. I was at the bottom, the bottom of the bottom. Walked home afterward, and the judge said, you know, he's got to go away for a year. My mother started crying. So what are we going to do? It was me and her. We've got to drive dad to this place. Okay. I was 22, 23. I was like, well, now what? My brothers were at college. My sisters were in high school. I grow up. Take care of everything. Take care of the business. Take care of your life. Make sure dad stays alive. So when he gets out in a year, we still got something to to come to. Man, there was a lot of shit that went on. But I didn't know all that. of that teaches you, like you said at the beginning of all this, strong as could be. But when you're not, it's okay to talk about it. 
It's okay to have. Thank God we have people in our lives to talk about it. Because how about the people that don't? Man, I I see I it didn't, on the street. I didn't for a long time. I know. I mean, I didn't. I, I I've yeah. told I've told this. It, it, if I if this happened when I was in Houston. Oh. Or, or this happened to me in when I first moved to Vegas. If I had first moved to, I don't know what the fuck would have happened. I mean, I would have been in trouble, like real, like I'm, in, uh, I, I've been in trouble for a long time. But if I didn't have you as an outlet, I don't know what would have. Like my mother is gonna like literally give you, make you a saint. Like my my, my mom who lives three thousand miles away, who would call me every day and say, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" And we talked to Dave today. Like she, like that was the order of her conversations with me of like wanting to make oh. sure that I'm okay. Like, at, like, what does Dave say? Like, I, I would call her and be like, this is what was, what's going on. It's like, what did Dave say? And I was like, you were just part of, she's like, I've never met this man, but I need to meet this man. And my mother is like, it will forever be indebted to you because she was, you know, my mom and I are close in age. She's only 18 years older than me. So she's yeah. not like, you know, she's been through divorce and like, <laughs> she was like, at least you have Dave. <laughs> She's like, at least you've got somebody because yeah. four years ago, three years ago, that wouldn't have been the case. We wouldn't have had this. And I would have been in absolute, like in real trouble. And, I, like, and we got it. We got it through the book. Right. Like, I mean, just think about like, right. Like I can't begin to think about how much of people that are still in my life or came in and out through the book. Like mm. going all the way back to when, you know, I met guys, <laughs> I met guys when I was in high school that were booking and betting and all this stuff. And like the lessons, I walk into that book that day and you were, you were skeptical. You were like, skeptical. Who the fuck are you? I was, I, I was how I, I, at the time, at, yeah. the, at the person that I was, uh, I was a much yeah. different person. Now, you know this, I've, I've had conversations with people. I've ch I changed a lot over the years, but I was like, who the fuck are you? It's like, why are you walking into the, cause I hated when people walked in that room, people would walk into the room and be like, what do you, cause they all would walk in and they all would want something. And I'd be like, okay, what do you want? And you, you just, okay. He's like, well, I want to do media. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was just like, I was not, yeah, there was no, was like never in my wildest fucking imagination where I sit here on the 4th of October in 2022. If you had told me at that moment, Hey, here's the roadmap. And the person you just met is going to save your fucking life. Uh, you wouldn't have believed it. You wouldn't have bet it. Wouldn't I wouldn't have, have I would have been like, I'm, get the fuck out of here. No, okay. chance. <laughs> I would have gone, no chance. No, it's no my, chance. I, I'm pixelating again. Should I? Should I go? Yeah, hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll disconnect and, and come disconnect back. Disconnect and hold come on. back. We'll fix this in some. Yeah, let's do it. Well, I mean, so on. for the guys and girls that are here, have listened to this conversation, you know, and will listen to this podcast later. I'll I'll be the first one, or not the first one, but I mean, along with Matt, to thank you guys oh. for for being here giving us this forum, growing this thing. We've had, we've had such a positive response. How about this? D Wizzy, D Weatherly 90 on Twitter, Matt and Dave, our Twitter handles at sports talk, Matt at sports BK. First time catching the live stream. Picked today <laughs> picked an interesting day welcome he goes damn good one we all deal with life some get hit harder than others when we push through it was a personal show and it was a it was, uh and it was needed to be said hashtag much love yeah first wow. time <laughs> this was your first show <laughs> this is not exactly no, normally we're do. talking about the games and lines <laughs> and stuff like it's not normally I mean, what we do but we're having fun but this was this the is, day i don't know about you 
but I feel tremendous right now. Like <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not kidding. Like I feel really good as, as we have these conversations as men. Mm. And again, it doesn't it's a just relief happen. for me to have it out. That's like, what I'm saying. Like, I can joke I, about, my, we can joke about it now. off my chest. Now well, I, yeah. I feel good that yeah. like our, our followers, people, viewers, watchers, brigade members, whatever you want to call them, they know now too. Yeah. So now I just feel it. like it's been, whew, Yeah. now we can, now we can It was really hard. Do. I mean, for a long time, it was like, it, you had to wait because you are, you and Farrah both knew. And it was like, when does it become out because there's right. been times I've wanted to joke around and say different things. And I'm like, if I say that, that's going to be a little bit awkward because no one knows what we're joking around about. Mm-mm. And now we can make those jokes. And plus, I don't know who was watching or who might. Right. Yeah, of course. Right. Right. Use it I later. mean, but the, 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 the funny, the funniest thing that here's a fast, quick story. Okay. Cause this is no longer my way. And we'll move on after this. This is true. Okay. So I won't say why I was talking to my ex's lawyer, but I was talking to my ex's lawyer the very first time because they were being, they were giving my ex some really bad advice. And I was really pissed off about what was going on. So I get on the phone with this dude and I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you acting this way? Why are you going to war right out of the gate? Like first, first interaction, blah, blah, blah. This guy, he's like, where are you from? I'm like, I'm from Andover, Mass. Lawyer's like, I'm from Lowell. I'm like, yeah, interesting. That's wild. He's like, wait, what's your name? Matt Peralt. My daughter is next to me while I'm having this conversation. She's listening to this conversation. This guy goes, wait a second. Bostonian versus the book? (laughs) And I go, yeah, that's my show. He goes, I watch your show all the time. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my God, you're my ex-wife's attorney and you listen to my show. I'm like, how do you like it? He's like, I love your show. He goes, you and Dave are great. He's like, I watch it all the time because I thought the name looked familiar. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, and I'm dying laughing. And I had to tell my daughter at the time because I'm like, Madeline, you can't tell mom. You can't tell mom what that guy just said. She's like, why? I'm like, because it's kind of a conflict of interest if the dude <laughs> representing my ex-wife is a fan of our show. And so it lasted like three weeks, four weeks, and then Madeline finally cracked. And my ex called me all mad going, what does Madeline know that I'm not supposed to know? No. I'm in the Cosmo. I'm, I'm actually at the book at the Cosmo, and I get this irate screaming phone call. What does our daughter know that you don't know? And I'm like, all right, fine. I was like, your attorney watches my show. <laughs> I will never forget that day you called me. You hung up with him yeah. and you were, you said you called me and like whatever you're doing, when you call me, if I'm not on the air or in something's the middle up. of a title fight or something like that, up, I right. answer the phone right. immediately. <laughs> so I see you calling. I'm like, what's up? We don't even say hello anymore. It's like, yeah. what's up? Yeah. And you go, you're not going to fucking believe this. And I'm like, okay, what? Because, I mean, there were times you're calling me and you were right. Like, I yeah. didn't believe what you were going to tell me. And yeah. then you told me and I still didn't believe it, but we worked it out. And you're like, her lawyer listens to the show. I said, hold on. <laughs> what? And then you explain and tell me the story. I said, this is amazing. <laughs> so this so needless amazing. to say. I said, he's, he want the pigs. <laughs> needless to say, the attorney got replaced pretty fast afterwards. <laughs> it was a different attorney. <laughs> but I, I thought it was so, it was the funniest, like, 
everything was supposed to happen. It was perfect. It was like, this is all going to work out. It was, I think it was like a sign from above going like, it's going to be okay. Like, you're going to be all right. It's all going to be, I'll take care of you. You're all going to be good. I gave you a lawyer who listens to the show. I was like, wow, that was right in the beginning. That was literally like in April. So that was right in the beginning of the whole thing. Now we're here in October and there's different attorneys involved and everything else, but it was, it was, it was a really, it was really pretty wild. So anyways, Let's talk baseball. I appreciate everyone who spent the last 45 minutes listening to that. Yes, um, thank you. That was not on the rundown, so we'll skip all the way ahead here, right. all the way down. Uh, Matt, let's skip all the way down to the Aaron Judge conversation. Um, is Aaron Judge going to hit 62 tonight or not? What are playing right now? They got a doubleheader. Okay. Um, two games. I thought, I thought, yes, two games today. Yeah. Okay. Right. Are those two uh, games tomorrow? No? No, it ends oh. tomorrow. So two, two, two games today. Yeah. Is he getting 62 today? He's going to have, what, six at-bats today? At least. Seven? It's one nothing Yankees already. He has not hit it. Um, oh, if he hits it, well, no. It's going to erupt Twitter. Right. I hope he does it. I really do because we had this discussion yesterday. Like, I don't want him talking about it for a week. And they're going to talk about it for a week. If he doesn't do off it. For a week. If he, if he doesn't, doesn't do it. it. Right. Um. And there's talk that he'll play both games today. If he don't do it, Boone will sit him tomorrow to take the heat. So really? sit down. Yeah, I mean, it's not a I – mean, you could – I have no idea what they're going to do. He has to play tomorrow. If he hasn't hit it, he'll play tomorrow. You need that. You got to let the air out of the balloon. You got to – like, there's pressure now. It's building and building and building and building. You can see it every time he goes to the plate. And yeah. the whole stadium in Texas was standing up, holding up their phones. The yeah. whole stadium. Every movie makes stand up, hold up your phone. First of all, people stand up, but don't hold no, your phone. Just sit Watch down. It. Let it happen. No, stand up afterwards. I don't get this whole standing up thing. People were yelling at me on Twitter. I was saying this. Let it happen. Like sit down. If it happens, then stand up and go crazy. But you're standing up, meaning you think it's going to happen. It's in his brain. Here we go. I mean, it's really hard. It's it, it is. It's it's like a, a watching a, a a pot boil. Like it just doesn't happen. Like you can't just sit there and stare I hate at it. Watching a pot boil. It you get to sit there and go. It feels like forever to right. take that thing. Just bubble something. I just oh, so that's the problem. So like Aaron Judge has that time sixty thousand, where there's people who are all just looking right at him, going, "Okay." I mean, talk about performance anxiety. I mean, it's like you're. It's just, it doesn't happen. It has to happen just a natural 61 home runs all happen naturally. 62, it's going to be tough. There's no Viagra for that. Nope. Performance anxiety. Somehow we've equated that to <laughs> judge hitting a home run. That's outstanding. But it's true. <laughs> it's, it's true. That's what it is. Performance um, anxiety. It's crazy because I really thought yesterday would be the day. Lefty pitching. Right. And it was just, let's, let's hit a home run today, man. But listen, sometimes these things are, this is, it's going to play out. However, Gosh. it's supposed to play out. He's I got just, three games to do it. I don't think he geez. does it. I don't think he's doing it. Unless no get, right now, unless they get into a ridiculous blowout scenario and somebody's pitching who doesn't care, but who is going to be that person? Uh, if it's, 15 nothing and it's some shortstop and it's a cheapened record isn't it no if a guy you don't want him to like throw a softball pitch up there right michael strand's I mean, like, record's not it's not 
You know, when his stack record was oh, the same way. that was weak. That was weak, though. But no one remember. No one talks about it. It's Strahan had the record. No one talks about that last one being weak. Him and him and and was it Favre or Rogers? Yeah, was it was Favre, right? When they basically had the kibitz, they talked Favre. about it in, in Favre and just went into him Favre. and let him get it. Yeah, like so. It's the same thing with this. It's like if he gets it, he gets it. I don't care how he gets it or who he gets it off of. But it has to be up against somebody who doesn't care about being the answer to the trivia question. That's the problem. Nobody wants to be the answer to the trivia question. Nobody does, but I mean, I wouldn't either. Bitch, you, you, you know, I would want to either, but if I did, I'd embrace it. Just like, you know, Al Downing talks about it. He gave up Aaron or Henry Aaron's home run. Um, Ralph Bronca gave up Bobby Thompson's home run. And it took him years to come to grips with it. But then they did talking tours together. Like, <laughs> listen, I threw the pitch, man. He hit it. You own it. That's the thing about like all the stuff we're talking about. If you own it, positive or negative, yeah. you control the way it's reflected. Amen to that. The power right? in like, that is so sig- is such an amazing lesson in that. There's such an amazing thing of right. owning your negative and flipping it into a positive and taking what you did Dang. and going, I did it. Yes. Yeah. I'm the one. That, and then taking it and being upfront and honest, but then using it for either. What was that tweet you put out today? Experience is holy cow. That's gonna be the best thing about today. Oh, okay. I must because I I saw I I saw something last night that had had a very similar. You put yeah, you put a great tweet out too. Profound thing that really kind of shook me, and I was like, wow. I was like, I I saw that, and I was like, you know, but it really is true. Experience comes. You know, if you have experience, it's a learning. How do you? What do you learn from it? When you lose, you learn so much more from losing and failure in life. It's just failure is such a wonderful thing. People don't understand that, but there's beauty in failure. And it's just I'll, a matter of how you use it. I'll give you the quote now, but the best thing about today is, is the story behind the quote. Okay. Experience is what you get when you don't get what you wanted. It's beautiful. That's so true. It's <laughs> so true. Experience is what you get when you don't get what you wanted. My God, that is scripture. It's, I mean, it's, that it's belongs a, on a damn t-shirt. It's great to live your life. If you're living your life that way, I mean, you know, the Batman lines the same thing. Why do we fall to pick ourselves back up? Like it's it's all these things that happen to you that you have to recognize that. Every day, every negative thing that happens, you got to just deal with it and then realize it happened for a reason and you can use it to figure out what comes next, to watch what happens next. So you don't make the same mistake. So nope. hard to not get mad and not get down. Well, you can. Get, you I, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in letting that out, though. I'm a big believer in stewing you gotta for let a bit. It you, 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 you just got to let it go. You got really pissed off, get really mad. And then let it go and then drop it and then move off of it. You've got to experience the emotion, let the emotion wash over you. But then after a day or two, you've got to be able to let it go and move on and, and use it as fuel and, and, and push yourself to say, okay, that's not going to ever happen again. And right. stress and anxiety and things that happen, absolutely, they're there. But I, I mean, I, I love that, that quote that I, I absolutely loved. Um, real quick on one more baseball topic. Uh, yep. Is the White Sox job any good? LaRusse is not coming back next year. Man, that's a hell of a team. I I, I think it is. Somebody You're the shadow of the Cubs us. always. Are you though? If you win, it don't matter. Yeah, they they won. They won. They won, and still it still was all about the Cubs down. I mean, they won. They won, and it still wasn't enough. 
Mm. Cubs are always going to own that town. It's like the Mets in New York. Cubs are down, man. Down, the down. Cubs are down. People like, still go. This people is, will go. People that's will fine. I don't give a shit about that. Cub fans don't care about Cubs winning. Games. Cub fans don't worry. Don't care about winning. Cub fans would care about drinking. Now you've done it. Now you've done it. <laughs> Cubs fans found a way to make the Cubs fans mad that watched the show. It's just true. Cubs fans don't really care about here. Cubs fans care about they wanted to win and break the curse. Once that happened, now they're back to caring about the bleachers. Jeez, man, man. In their division's nothing to write home about. Like they should be trying to win. This is why the White Sox job is a good job because it's in the AL Central with. I think Cleveland's a good baseball team, but mm. no one else really does. Um, Minnesota is what they are, despite Spence and all the Twins fan base thinking they're probably better than they are. They're, they're still not. middling just what they are. That's yeah. what they are. And Kansas City and Detroit, man, keep trying. Just keep trying. I don't know if they're trying. I mean, I'm not sure where Kansas City is Casey going. was for a year, a couple of years they were. And then yeah, they went through a nice little run. but They went back and won, won a ring, and now bad, they're back to being bad right now in Detroit. <laughs> Looks like they're going to say goodbye at some point to Cabrera and welcome in some new ones, but they ain't got no pitching. So, yes, I think it's a good job. It looks like a good team. Wouldn't you want to be a coach, a manager there? Like, I don't think it's an old school job, though. Like, you got to go get somebody who's in touch with what's going on in that clubhouse because that team is young. They got a lot of character. They got a lot of, I mean, they got a lot of things. I'd want to go manage that team. They need Ozzy Guillen 2.0. But not Ozzy. Not Ozzy, but they need right. Ozzy Guillen. You need someone who can relate to the players they have on that roster. They need right. someone they, they need someone who, who the players are in the same zip code of age-wise. I mean, you can't have a 70-plus-year-old manager with those young kids. It just doesn't work. It's just there's too many talented young guys under the age of 30 on that roster that they need. They need a 45-year-old, 50-year-old manager. I mean, maybe, if, unless you're like a cool 65-year-old manager, maybe. Like Joe Madden. Could Joe Madden go there and do it? 100%. Yes, Joe Madden. Yeah. But Joe Madden, with the shift being illegal? What are you oh, doing? baseball's that's – all that shit's going to change. Everything. So, that so what do you do with Joe do. Madden? Joe Madden's secret weapon was his ability to create things that nobody else was doing. So then they all started copying the shift. Now the shift's illegal. They should go get Jim Leland. Jim Leland was Jim Leland. Yeah, he'd be sitting there smoking heaters and telling these kids do this, do that. Leland. Okay. Yeah. No. No, Jim Leland. All right. So cheating in sports is the current hot topic. Man, oh man. Did you see the chess story? I'm not even chess story. I saw the poker story. I saw the fishing story. I didn't see no chess story. The chess story is is really I'm I'm not even gonna talk about what the chess story is because it's pretty bad it involves um oh. a sexual device so <laughs> um with being, chess yeah being placed um in your uh body cavity um, Come on, that, bro. that vibrate that would be <laughs> yeah. tell you where to move the rook kind of as to like what was coming as to like you know type of thing and what to do was, yeah so move two pawns this way and uh um, yeah so that's going on in chess uh the fishing story is the most cut and dry, not to make a pun there, but because I mean, it just make yes, because <laughs> they took the fish out of the water, cut the things open, and they found ball bearings 
inside. And this was a world-class championship team that had been dominating fishing for a long period of time. And then they took the time to cover the weights up with fillet. Yeah. So they wouldn't, if they happened to touch them or open them, it they felt like a like, fish. Yep. What the they put wrong, fuck is wrong with people? I mean, I thought, when I was watching the video, I thought those guys were going to get killed. Dead. I mean, thought there was a really good dead. There was a mob forming around these people because it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's just, we talk about the cheating scandal all the time. And I'm bracing. I bring this up only because I'm bracing for what's going to come and what's going to happen. Because we are so primed to have a major scandal very soon in sports in, of the big four very soon. I went chess, fishing, poker. If this is where cheating is going on, this is small potatoes compared to the big four. When do we get that cheating scandal? I mean, remember when everybody was corking their bats? Mm -hmm. That's what we're, that's what that fishing story reminded me of. I'm like, hundred percent. Damn. They cut the middle of the stuff out and put the cork in there. Uh, What the hell? We, we never would have known if it wasn't for the for that kid who snuck breaking. in. Yeah, the guy, the guy broke it. He broke. Remember, like, no, or the guy who snuck into the locker room to go get the bat. Remember that when, when the bat. Broke, oh it, yeah, but I remember the it. bat breaking. Yep, and the Super Balls or whatever yeah. bouncing out. Remember uh, who <laughs> yeah, was yeah. it? Was it Sosa? I think it was Albert Sosa. Bell and Sosa both. Yeah, Sosa was the was the Super Balls. Albert Bell was was the one who had the was bat. Was the cork? The yeah. Cork in the bat. Was he had an yeah. X-ray. Kid had hollowed snuck in a bat. Yeah. He's like, and got work it. In it. Like, what are we doing? I don't know, man. I hope, I mean, <laughs> with everything, the betting being so, I mean, literally, I, I say the betting in the sports is now bedfellows, where it was two different things and you could always keep it separate. Now, you literally are laying next to each other. You can right bet here. on fishing. People bet on these tournaments, these fishing tournaments. Bet on it. These were people winning. Six no, but I mean, but that's what I mean. But people were winning six figures for the championship, but there was also betting lines being made on these. What do you do in that situation? Counselor? You have to pay out the winner, whatever the, whatever the official, whoever the official winner was. Yeah, at the but time, if I find out now that the doesn't matter. winner was full of shit, I'm screwed. Of course, but it's the same thing That's that happens terrible. after the fact with all these records being set when some guy does steroids. Like the, once the book rules it to be a win, the market's over, you pay it out. It stinks. But I mean, the poker thing is crazy. The deeper, we don't have enough time to go into the poker thing. The poker thing is so no, whacked out. I just, like tomorrow or something. Yeah. I think the, I think the woman's telling the truth personally. I think the, the, another video came out this morning where she did the same thing to him two weeks ago. This guy's just bitter because this woman is kicking his ass left and right, taking pots from him left and right. And he can't figure out how to read her. And she's got him red. She had, did the same crazy hero call two weeks ago to take a huge pot from the guy, won the hand on the river. When he was, oh, she actually had the better hand? She had she, the better hand on that one, yes. It, she, she, but she did the same crazy call where she said, I don't think you have it, and she called him on it. And she took a $150,000 pot off of him two weeks ago prior to the major thing happening where people are accusing her of having you know a vibration device on her body in some form or fashion and blah, blah, blah. I, the same I one they were using in the chess? <laughs> no. Oh, different not. one. <laughs> different one. Hopefully different. Okay. Yes, I'm just asking. But there's, there's a lot of crazy things going on right now. This is the craziest story of the day. The garbage cans, by the way, with the Astros, the boys in the chat said that just happened a couple of years ago. I mean, it wasn't that That's long fair. ago that we had a big yes. know, cheating, cheating that scandal. Astro, that's fair. And, yep. and they went Apple, in front of Apple the cameras and, and said, we didn't do it. Eh, 
It right? was this, it was that. I still, think Altuve, I still think Altuve had it on his body. I still think he had a vibrating device on his body. These vibrating devices changing yeah. lives. I still think he had that. Okay, <laughs> o- Omaha Steaks, searing hot take of the day before we let go to Sports Grid. Oh, my. This is oh my. nuts. This is, the, this is the craziest story of the day, okay? Where'd you come up with this? This is from a Division II women's soccer team. Okay. Pisses me off. This was break. This this is Kaylor Smith, who's a sports director of KMID in Midland, Odessa, Texas. UTPB is University of Texas, and I forget the the PB. Doesn't matter. P you never, never know where this is. It's it's some strange town. Plano, Beaumont, or something. Something, whatever. Women's soccer coach Carla Tejas has been placed on paid admin leave. According to AD Todd Dooley, after a series of allegations from an anonymous group of players ranging from illegal conduct to NCAA infractions to inappropriate behavior. They are accusing verbal and mental abuse. They are accusing the coach of getting arrested for a DWI on the 11th of September and asking players to help her pay her bail. Some of them did. Physical interactions with the members of the men's soccer team, including kissing in public, distributing alcohol to minors. So, so, so bad. Players are alleging the coach re-entered a game that she was ejected from in disguise and continued to coach via walkie-talkie. They said that one of the players was ineligible. She arrived from Uruguay. She had not attended a single class in person and had not been assigned a dorm, but she had played in every game played this season. (laughs) The program culture that the coach included fouling and injuring opponents on purpose, enforcing a strict diet that has caused body dysmorphia, dysmorphia, eating disorders and anxiety disorders amongst team members and used emotionally abusive tactics like silent treatment, isolation, and more. One of the players said that uh, after a a player suffered a stroke, the coach did not reach out to her until days later. The player was also suspended the same week of her illness is now seeking mental, uh, mental health counseling. The anonymous group alleges the coach encouraged cheating on classwork and schedules team events at late notice, leaving players to struggle to complete schoolwork or to create a study schedule. The head coach believes that soccer comes before academics. (laughs) Some players get preferential treatment and are invited to the coach's home to watch film while others are allowed to do it or left to do it on their own. Players are suspended if they do not. If they, if they do not, but the punishment was not equally applied, the letter says. Nine players have been suspended for this, for, for not going. The license of the coach got suspended from the DWI. She's been asking her players for rides, especially after she's been drunk. And many do after fear of retaliation uh, verbally on and off the field. <laughs> I mean, this is absolutely the most insane story I've seen Involving a soccer coach ever, and it's D two. I started reading it before the show, and I was like, "I think I've talked to coaches like this about you know softball, like with the kids." Like I get the feeling Whoa. when I talk to some of these coaches, I'm like, "You don't give a shit about this kid. You don't care. Don't tell me you care. It's my job to make sure that this family, starting with this kid." is going to come and be in your hands and you're going to at least care. I'm not asking you to take care of them, but you got to care. 
It's a great quote from Bear Bright. The kids don't uh, care how much you know until they know how much you care. Ooh. Good line. He had that on his desk. Bear Bryant, who was as tough, as nasty as could be. The kids don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Another lesson for life, right? As a parent, let alone a coach. Yeah. And this coach, those kids know she don't care. So what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Like, how, unpaid, does this, how is she on paid leave? How is she not suspended legal, without pay? The lawyers, P. Ralt, the lawyers, they can't pay? just fire they gotta her. They got to pay her? They can't suspend her without pay? They, they got to suspend her with pay? P. Ralt, you understand. They, gotta, they must know what they can and cannot do. Right. And it ain't that much pay. She's a D2 soccer coach. She probably <laughs> don't make enough. She could come write tickets in the book part-time and make just as much money. Probably. And you know what them part-time ticket writers make. I do. I did it. It ain't easy. So, man, that's – what if that was your daughter's? Oh, my. I mean – Are you going to Texas? It's D2 on top of that. It's not even D – it's like, what are you doing? Like, this is supposed to be – D2 soccer is like it's, – it's more than intramural, but they're not on for a full rides. They're not on any rides. D2s Some don't give scholarships. Yeah, they do. They, they get partial scholarships. Academic stuff. You can't get yeah. no money for sports. Right, but I mean, they, uh, come on. I, I, was give, them, I know. Dave, I was offered scholarships to play D2 sports, and I was not a great student. So <laughs> they find ways to give you academic, academic scholarships when they want you for your athletic ability. There's a lot more eyes looking at that shit now than there were 25 uh, years ago when you were going. Yeah, I, was offered, I was offered a job that was going to pay me $25 an hour to be security of the basketball facility that nobody used. <laughs> That was the job I was offered. Really? Uh-huh. Like, oh, your your work study job is going to be security for the basketball facility. It's like, isn't it underground? They're like, yeah, it's underground. Anybody go to it? No, but just someone's got to be there. <laughs> it was like the biggest no-show job ever. Like, it was just going to be like, don't worry You're going to get a no-show job? Oh, yeah. <laughs> a no-show job to play D2 soccer. D2 to that? play this, to play D2 soccer. This is why it caught my eye because I was recruited by four. I was recruited by three different schools to play D2 and D3 soccer. Son of a, I ain't never been offered no no-show oh, job yeah. in my life. I was always hours too. stiff that worked. <laughs> yeah. Always wondered where those guys got them no-show jobs. Peter all's up there. Yeah, I'm a soccer player. I'm a, I got yeah. a no-show no, job. It's going to be a no-show job. Was not Son of a. But it was work study. So like I wouldn't get the cash. It was just go towards my scholarship. Of course, they're paying you with your own money. It's right. just, just taking it right. and putting it over there. Right. So you get to go to school. Do anything. Right. Or play on the team. And they're like, yeah, we get up at 5 a.m. and run five miles every day. I'm like, I'm good. I'm not going to, <laughs> I don't want to do that. I'm not going more. to college to get up at 5 a.m. and run five miles a day. That's just not why I'm going to college. So I'm good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% with, I was like, on my recruiting visit, I was like, you do what? It's like, yeah, I, I ain't doing this. I was like, mom, I ain't doing this. I was like, I'm not going to school. I'm like, I'm not playing soccer in college. It's a little birdie telling you in your head. No, you know, sometimes well, you got to put it right in your face. I knew like, I'm not going pro in soccer. I'm playing D2. Like, okay, I'm, I'm not that good. Can I go have fun, please? I'll go play club at UMass. That's what I did for four years. I played club soccer UMass right? for fun, intramurals for UMass. That's, you know. Shit, I was, I had the dreams of going to play hockey at Boston U. I was, I was, when I got into Boston U, I was like, oh, I'm going to Boston U. I, t- I talked to the coach. His name was Jerry York. Yeah. And I'd gone. The, his name is Jerry York. He's the, by the way, Jerry York is the college coach. He's, that's like saying his name is, um, I don't know, Bear Bryant. Like, he Correct. Literally, 
Jerry, Jerry York, York is the greatest college coach in history for hockey. And it turns out I had gone to Bowling Green to go to a hockey camp when Jerry York was the coach there. So he ends up going to, to Boston U and he's going to be the coach. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. Maybe this is all supposed to happen. Oh, wow. So he don't know me from Adam. I was, I mean, I was good in Western Pennsylvania, but I wasn't on the, I was going to go there and get killed. Like I was gone to Boston. He said, you can come try out and walk on, you know, but you, you, you got to earn your spot. And then I got the first bill for BU and I'm the oldest of five. Yeah. And said, uh, yeah, I better go to Penn state. There ain't wow. no way. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, they use private. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's these messages expensive. come to you in different ways. Yours was delivered. We're going to run five miles a day in the morning at 5 a.m. Uh-uh. I'm good. I'm good. I got a bill for the first semester at BU in 1988, and it was $10,000 for the Damn. first semester. That was just the bill for the, that was the tuition. Didn't count for the room and board or the second half of the year, the spring semester. I was like, yeah, I can't do that. I don't think I could do that. Yeah, I, I, it, it's so, it's such a wild thing. My first experience realizing how big you had to be to play Division One sports was when I used to go to I, Merrimack, played D2 hockey from almost Merrimack. I'm from Andover. Merrimack College is in North Andover. Yeah. Merrimack College was a D2 hockey power. Yep. I remember walking, I, I would be on the ice, I would be or, or on the on the glass watching the game. Like that's literally like my dad and I went all the time. That was the one sporting event I went to all the time with my dad. He loved watching hockey. I love watching hockey, watching Merrimack. And then we went to like the, the playoffs. Merrimack won the national championship at D2. Okay. And it was electric inside of it. And I remember I was sitting and I was, was all the players walked off the ice. And I remember looking up at one of the guys and I was like, I think I was nine or 10 years old. And I was like, uh, oh my God. Uh, it was, E2 hockey player. He was yep. huge. And then as I got older, Merrimack went into the Big East, went into, the, into Hockey East. They went D1, went to Hockey East. So they played, that's right. They played with Maine. Now, and, yeah. For a long time, they were Maine, Maine Boston was, College, BU, all that stuff. Right. So I in high school, I was watching them play against the college kids. And I remember watching the defensemen come off the ice who played in Hockey East. <laughs> and they were like six foot five with skates Literally on. trees. And I was like, oh my mm. God. Nope. Mm. These at like this is like a different like mm-hmm. how are guys this you know they're five years older than me and they're that big yeah I was like holy and they could skate and the puck moves so fast if you guys have never gone to a hockey East college hockey game I could not recommend it more it is so fun Do you know how good UNOV's hockey team is here it's a club team they could they can compete right now with. I want to call if you say hockey, so I'm going to say bullshit. No, middle of the road division ones would oh, come okay. here for and, and be right. competitive. Sure, I'll, I'll, right I'll, I'll buy that. Yeah, yeah, I'll buy that. They got some. It's 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 pretty good. I'm. We'll go Where to the game. Play? We'll take the kids. It'll be fun. Where do they play? Um, what ice? They were playing. What's that place that we went for the basketball? Oh wow! In uh, Henderson Dollar Loan Center. Well, I think they're going to play there. Ooh, all right. Um, that's nice. That's nice. Where's the other rink? They were playing out by my house at a small rink before, but they're getting wow. more people now going to the game. So I think they're going to go down to the Dollar Loan Center. Who How is much there, fun will that be? Is there any West Coast hockey D1? League? Oh, I don't know. Arizona State's got a good squad. Aren't they? Um, isn't Arizona State club? That's not D1. No, I think they, I think they jumped up. I don't know. 
Oh no, because I the thought pockets I thought are there, where you grew up. Yeah, in I thought the Dakotas. Midwest. It's all yeah. in the Dakotas, Midwest. and it's all Minnesota. in the Midwest, and it's all in the yeah. Northeast, and that's it for, for college hockey. Well, like, I mean, Big Ten now is yes. Ohio State, yeah. Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State is D one now. They're recruiting kids from Canada, nonstop. Um, it's getting bigger. There's only I thought there only four divisions, four conferences for hockey, college hockey. I could be wrong about that for D one, but I thought there were only four. We'll have to check. I don't know. Yeah, ASU right. is D one now. Actually, my brother, brother Dan just chimed in there. Who do they, what conference are they playing? Not Pac 12, is it? Pac 12 hockey? No. Air Force has a D1 team. Holy cow. That I knew. They're good. They're really good. Man, oh man. Air Force's program has been solid for years. You ever bet on college hockey games? Of course. It's crazy. It's fun. It's, it was so much fun to make the lines. Me and, me and Tom were the only two to Have you gone play. to the bean pot? Never. Oh, you got to watch it for years. The bean pot is so fun. Oh, oh my. That is awesome. That is rivalry hockey we'll it. at its greatest. That we'll is do it at some point. It's the best thing Boston does. It honestly got it's, it's it's the best thing my city does for sports. Yeah. It's the only it, it's the only college event anyone cares about. Right? The only one. <laughs> they don't care about anything else. Bean pot they care about. The city it's stops true. when bean pot when the bean pot I know. Out. Yeah, it's 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 great. Like I've always watched from a distance, and now that I know you and other people yeah. from Boston and stuff to talk about it, it's I can't oh. wait to go. In the old garden, in the garden, it's it's good in TD Garden, but in the old garden, the bean pot was so oh, because it was so loud that damn tin roof, you just have you do echo through the entire place. Right. Yeah. The only real thing I got from my dad was I I got my love, love of hockey. That. I, I love the, I love the hockey from my father. And I never played. I never played a single game of hockey in my life. Can you skate? But, nope. Can't stop. <laughs> I can skate. I can skate. Can't stop. I can go forward. I can move. I'm 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 decent. Can't skate. I can kind of. I can turn. Kind of. Can't stop. It's pretty bad. It's pretty funny watching me on, on skate. It's actually that's actually that that's one of the funny things about. Uh, about skating is when somebody can't stop. Okay, for stop. Some, oh yeah. I, I can move. I just can't, I just can't get my, it's into it's skiing. Can't turn. I just, right. I can't get my body to can't get that little dig. Like I can't figure I never mentally was able to figure out how to stop myself to get the edge into the ice. I never figured out that <laughs> sliding stop. Nope. <laughs> skiing. At least you can do the snow plow. You can kind of stop yourself. Right. Right. That right. Way. Right. Skating really doesn't work that way. It's not really as as, as it doesn't as easy. work as good, especially if you're going a little faster. That's no nope. problem. I just slam into the boards. You just like that? Bam. No, I like it. It hurts like hell, but it stops me from where I'm, you know, with what I'm doing. It stops me. So, yeah, I, I am not. I am the most unathletic sport is when you put me on skates. That would, that's when I am the, I am the absolute worst. See, and I am at my best. Like yeah. I love, I, I love to skate now. Just I'm ba- skate. I look like Bambi, you know, but, do your kids skate? Yeah. We, we had the two older ones. They, they did the figure skating thing for a while. Nice. They learned how to skate and they were getting, you know, then it gets hard. Like you right. got to jump, you got to do all this. They didn't want to do it. Have you gone to the downtown Summerlin outdoor rink with them? Every year. Oh, it's fun, right? Yeah. Every year. It's fun. I take yeah. Madeline. There, she she still does the walk. Reno skates are tough, tough, oh, very yeah. tough, very tough. I mean, they make people that learn how to skate can't skate. <laughs> Sports Grid, thank you for hanging with this very unique day today. Yeah. Hopefully, you guys found some 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 benefit out of the show today. Yes. So I always like that. Back tomorrow for a much more of a football show. For you guys live on Twitter and on YouTube. Don't move more to come here with BVB. All right, props.com story of the day. Let's get a little 
nerf reaction. I, I bring this up and I'm Spence. I'm not doing this to call you out. I'm just doing it because I think it's important for people to understand. <laughs> How'd no, that parlay work out yesterday? Awful. I told you over. No, or the, yeah, he will know. Uh, Rams Higby. I don't think hit, but over. the Rams didn't win. So the Rams killed it. He had Rams plus plus one and a half, but he had over two, right? Over two what? He had over. over in the game. He had over in the game. No, it was under. It was under in the game. I like the over. Oh. He liked the under. Okay, under so hit. Higby may have gone over his 39 oh, and a half Oh, so he yards. did get two out of three, maybe. Yeah, he may have got two out of three. The Rams losing is what killed it. Okay. But I just say, because it's, look, betting is hard. Hell yeah, it is. The nerfy bets for our guy Spence this year. He's 57 and 46. Okay. Down 2.7 units. Oh, hell no. Right. Wait a second. 57 and 46. That's 11 games over 500. And he's down units. He's lost money. Tell me it's fucking hard to beat the book. That's what makes it so tough. Damn. 11 games over 500. And he still isn't over on the juice. The juice has still got him to the point where he's down 2.7 units. Juices get you every time. Sucks. (laughs) It's just, it's so what makes this game so difficult and so tough to overcome his nerfy is diamondbacks at the brewers he's laying hey. big juice today yep hey. 7 40 eastern time this start. is one of the hardest days to bet baseball well that was on the rundown but we, we skipped over because I, I went on the tangent but i mean there are 15 games today yeah and only Four teams are playing for something right now, but they're already in the postseason. They're just playing for position. They're not playing for getting right. in. Every with the bracket is set right now for. Yeah, it's just a matter of what seeding somebody may move up or down. Like the Phillies and the Padres are still battling for a seed, and the Rays and the Mariners, Mariners are battling. For, that's it. Everything else is set. Well, the Braves and the Mets, right? The Braves got to win a game. I thought the Braves won their division already. Their magic number is one. If the Mets win every game left, because they got rained out yesterday, right? So the Mets can sweep and the Braves can get swept. And I think the Mets would win the division. They lost 4 nothing. Was it yesterday or two days ago that the Braves lost? The Braves did yesterday. Lost 4 nothing yesterday. Yes. They got to win one game today. They have two games left with the Braves. Right. With the Marlins. Okay, so they haven't clinched yet. I thought they clinched yeah. last night. Okay. Yeah. But either way, I mean, like, I used to joke these a lot of times, I mean, like when the Dodgers would clinch early. Right. You're going through the motions, like, as the book, like, putting the numbers up and, like, betters made better or not. Thank goodness there's no volume. But, like, picking a K prop today in a game like this, man, this is going deep, Spence. I don't so, know. Well, it's a nerfy prop, so no oh, run for okay. no, no run first inning. Eric Lauer for the Brewers, not allowed a first inning run in 22 of 28 starts. Zach Galen going for the D-backs is not allowed a run in 26 of 30 starts. ERA of 2.46 ERA. He's the age for the Diamondbacks. Been outstanding since the 1st of August. 11 starts, just 11 earned runs given up. Arizona scores a first inning run just 21% of the time on the road. That's 26th in Major League Baseball. Milwaukee scores a first inning run 30% of the time. That ranks 10th in Major League Baseball. Nerfy on today's D-backs. What's the price? Game. Minus 150. Oh, man, that's a lot of juice. <laughs> this is expensive. <laughs> Spence is searching for one here. You're laying that type of juice that tells me that you're, that you're trying to get on it here. He hit yesterday, but he's trying to end the year. Got three gate, two days left. Got two days left to come in. 
See if you can um, get there. I would only bet that no. I, I wouldn't. This is not one I would look to try to fade and like take the plus and get value and all that other bullshit. I would only take the no. Um, only because Milwaukee's eliminated. Like this is the first day they come to the park knowing not, we got two games left and then we're all going our own separate ways. So I don't know who's playing. I don't know. This is one of those ones I'd bet under in the game if I was to play it. Because I get I get a lineup of and, and and the other side of that is you may get guys that start today that are playing for impressions, jobs, whatever, that may break through and get a couple hits and they scratch across a couple runs that, that you didn't think they were gonna get. So I got guys that would bet this automatic under, I got guys that would bet this automatic over. I don't know who would bet the yes. <laughs> I don't fair, fair. I I don't bet baseball anymore, like you know. Um, <laughs> so I, 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 just, I, I don't bet this. Props.com, prop of the day, Cal Quantrill, <sighs> under four and a half Ks. Deep dive here, but for bet Fred, or bet, for bet prep. Uh, going managerial decisions by Terry Francona factor into this bet. Under four and a half. Five or more Ks in just one of his last eight starts at home. Five or more Ks in zero of his last three games overall, four, four, and two, which means four is the number. Quantrill is being projected for 4.2 Ks, faced the Royals twice this year, but they were in April and May. Royals last 14 days have the lowest K rate against a righty in baseball. In 362 at-bats, they have a K rate of 16.9%. Guardians' last two starts were each pulled after five innings. So Francona is going to yank Quantrill early because this game means nothing for them. Like the under four and a half. Listen, this is the Tuesday starter. Is the game three starter Sunday in the playoffs? Okay. Okay. Quantrill ain't pitching more than five innings if he's got a no hitter. He's coming out. I can't, but he's just getting work. Okay. I like this bet. Now, if he comes and strikes out the side in the first First inning, inning, you're in trouble. Well, I mean, it could happen, but the get, this is so I'm, I mean, I'm, I got a handwritten spreadsheet. I've been looking at, but jumping around books, trying to buy different futures and try to see what the prices are at different places, making my own numbers. By the way, I went to stations last night can't believe the, how bad the prices were, but that's a whole other story. Okay. Um, he's the game three starter. It's going to be Bieber Friday, McKenzie Saturday, and Quantrill to decide your season. He don't give a shit about what's <laughs> happening since against KC tonight. Under four and a half Ks. I can't believe the juice isn't higher. There you go. Minus 112. Wow. What does that say? Addison just said Quantra under four and a half minus 185. What's that? What? Who is it 185? I don't know. Addison's been in the chat, man. He's been doing an unbelievable job with stuff in there. I, I look down. He's talking about the, the nerf. He's six outs to glory, one error to God damn it. Straight <laughs> line. I mean, we got Good some line. we got some we got some people in this chat that are just gold. Uh, you, okay. Addison. Before we get to favorite thing about today, yeah. Um better to book it. We were going to talk about this, but I got distracted. Uh, 
the line always tells the story. That is your not as you're That's, saying that I have stolen. That yes, I in yes, this SMU yes. game on Wednesday night, hell is, yeah. is exactly what the line tells hell. the story. So SMU has four players that will sit out because they want to keep their red shirt to let them go back into the transfer portal to go shop themselves for NIL deals. Right. Two starting DBs, two starting or two wide receivers that don't play. Yeah. Or I guess one starting, let me correct myself, one starting cornerback, one DB that hasn't played very much, one receiver who has been in the game a lot, and one receiver who has not played much at all. Mm. Line moved from three and a half to three after this news. Yep. Our boys at WinBet were the last ones on the planet last night at three and a half. SMU plus three and a half tomorrow night against Central Florida. A lot of times in these situations in the book, you either get to bed first and then hear the news, or you hear the news first and then move it before you get to bet. Two different but things. Wouldn't, but wouldn't it go result. up? It would go when you see you if you were going to bet on the news, you'd see Central Florida see the see the see the play. It wouldn't go down. It would go up. You would think. But it was ten hours. It came out ten hours before I made the bet. The news had been out all day, and the numbers all came down after the news broke. Maybe the kids are playing are better than the kids that are sitting. I just think it doesn't matter. <laughs> I think they look at Gus Malzahn. Gus Malzahn in his history as a home favorite stinks. He's horrible at it. Gus Malzahn is the coach of Central Florida? Yeah. He's two and six as a home favorite. <sighs> you talk about no-show jobs. How do you keep getting jobs when you keep doing what you're doing? <laughs> Nothing against Gus, but I mean, like, he lost. Great. I bet on Louisville when Louisville was down there. I took Louisville, Louisville won and covered. I'm taking same thing. I'm taking SMU. They've lost two games in a row. Things have not been good there, but I think they write their ship here and they lose by three. Ooh, hook, hook matters. Calling that shot right there. I like the, I mean, the hook matters to me. Three and a half. Bounce house is a fun place to go down. That's a fun place to watch a football game. Bounce house is nice for Central Florida, but. SMU is desperate. Have you been there? Central mm. Florida? Yeah. To a game? Yeah. I don't know what to make of that. I mean, so you like the dog already. I like SMU plus three and a half, but I think I think it's a three-point game one way or the other. It's a tight football game. What a 63-point total. Mm -hmm. For the 34-31. You're not even a math guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty impressive. I don't know. Uh, you got me on. The, this is Thursday game, and you're Wednesday. talking about this shit on Tuesday. It's Wednesday. Oh, this game's Wednesday. The reschedule from Saturday because of the hurricane. Why is there no Thursday game this week? Great question. But I'm okay with it because I, I have a Wednesday game, and I got four on Friday. Did you see the shit lineup on Friday? It's not shit. It's fun. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it's Friday football, baby. Let's go. Me and Behal did eight in the box, and we discussed two of the Friday games, and I was I hadn't looked. I was like, oh, my God. If you come, are you going to bet these games on Friday? 
Houston Memphis is fun. UNLV at San Jose State's fun. CSU at Nevada is okay. Nebraska at Rutgers is like the sports Absolute version of gold. It's a sports version of an Absolute enema, gold. But it's like it's you know, I it's, can't wait to talk about that for the other show. Nebraska Rutgers is, is the Iowa show. I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about Nebraska Rutgers. God, we don't. Please, we don't. Rutgers. We don't have to. We don't have to. The show airs on Friday night. We can't give a plick a pick out for a game that's going on. We won't have to talk about the Friday games. Mm. So you, you escaped Nebraska Rutgers, <laughs> <laughs> but I want to talk about it. if Rutgers is going to win a game this season, please be Friday night. Please take the Nebraska. Nebraska. My gosh. <laughs> Husker fans, man. Yikes. That's going to be, they're going to be mad, mad. You thought they were mad before got rid of frost. This guy goes, wins a game and then they're going to go lose at Rutgers. They're three point favorites. What story does that tell you? That Rutgers is really bad. <laughs> really bad, but also live in this game. Oh, of course, Rutgers is live in this game. Oh, of course, but it's like, I mean, that's going to be 13 10. That's a horrible football game. <laughs> the total's 48. Yeah, that's a horrible football game. I would bet, I would bet under. <laughs> I think the unders are playing that game. Rutgers can't score. Yeah, Rutgers can't score on anybody. Their offense is awful. The one of the worst in the country. Yeah, they're off. Rutgers, Rutgers team total. Put so that bad. in your pipe and smoke it. Keep that. Yeah, was it was it twelve and a, was it twelve and a half? I don't That's know. But I, again, I think they can get a touchdown and a, a field goal, but not both. Yeah, you know, I, or I mean, they can get one of each. I mean, the black shirts too. The black shirts are really bad too, though. I mean, Nebraska's defense is man, bad, bad. Man. So, you betting your booking SMU plus three and a half. I'll bet it with just sneaky, sneaky. Okay. I don't, know, I don't know if you're calling the final score and all that, but. The game is today? No, it's tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow. tomorrow. Tomorrow night. Favorite thing about today? I've already said mine, so all you. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that that's the my really favorite thing about today is just one. Um, seeing the strength that you've been able to gather when you didn't think you had it. And the ability to own it, talk about it, learn. You're better now than you were in March. I mean, it ain't even close. Um, the ability to be open to different ways of thinking. Hmm. The ability to look at your past and use it to make it a better future for not just you, but your daughter and, you know, you're soon to be X. Um, it doesn't have to be a certain way. So, and talking about it on this show and having guys that are, and girls that are listening to this show, wherever they're at, whatever city they're at, whatever time they're listening, going shows pretty fucking good. <laughs> it is. And I really, really appreciate the two of them talking about this stuff because I can relate in a different way. Maybe not, particularly divorce or something, but everybody's going through something. I learned that at a young, young age and never really understood it. Now have the ability to have a forum to say, it's okay. Mm. It's okay. Then it's what's, what's that saying? And what's going around. It's okay to be not, to not be okay. Yeah, it absolutely. Is. It's okay not to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And to say that you're not okay. To say that right. you're, Hey, and I'm then have somebody today. to listen. And have yeah. somebody to help you through it because it's a it's a lot to ask to go through it alone. 
And it's really, really hard. And we're a lot of people's, like you said, outlet, whatever you want to call it. I'm beyond blessed for that. And then today I get that quote. Experience is what you get when you don't get what you wanted. And I was like, wait a second. What is that again? Experience is what you get when you don't get what you wanted. How many times in life do you not get what you wanted? <laughs> Way more than what it is what, what you get, right? And you keep coming. That quote came from a tweet from Schutz. Oh, Richard Schutz put that in a tweet today. Rex commented on it. And in between running around and doing shows right before I come here, I just clicked my timeline and that was there. Hmm. I wouldn't have seen it if it wasn't for Twitter. I would not have seen it. And I immediately, when I read it out loud, said it out loud, got to do that sometimes. Talk to yourself, read hmm. stuff out loud, say it so you can hear it. I was like, damn, I'm texting. I'm texting shoots right now. I texted him and he responds. <laughs> my man, we had him on the show. And I, I genuinely, mm. he's been one of the most genuine people that I've ever met. And I only met once. But one of his phone calls, when I was in a terrible, terrible place, when I was laid off, he was DMing me. And I said, give me your number. Here's mine. And he sent me a text. And I immediately called him. And I had a call with a complete stranger for an hour and a half. It changed my life, mm. literally changed my life. So I sent him a text that said, experience is what you get when you don't get what you wanted. Where did you get that in all caps? And he said, oh, I've used that for years. I said, God damn it. I love it. I said, thank you. And he said, in 51 years in the business, you pick things up. <laughs> and I just went, this book is teaching me stuff still. And I ain't even in it. And I was like, yeah, that's the best thing about today. So another story. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Your story. That's it, man. Experience. That's what we got today. That's what everybody got today. (laughs) Your first time experience listening or watching the show. show. (laughs) This is your first time. They yeah. wanted a prop, prop stuff story of the day. <laughs> it's a curveball. You got the hook. <laughs> you, were expect, you were expecting the heat and you got the yak. Right. Somebody, somebody, we, we pulled the string on you a little bit with the show today, but it was a Wednesday. And you know what? It fits, right? Because it's, it's, it's on a football. Well, it's, it's Tuesday, even better. So it's a Tuesday. It, it's, it's a Tuesday. It's even better. Tuesday, Wednesday are, are, my, are my days where my brain shuts off. I, just, I don't worry Absolutely. about it. I don't have to God. watch games. I, I don't sweat anything. I have nothing in it. I have no action in play. I just, it's, I've become to find Tuesday and Wednesday to be very cathartic days. So it's been to me to come out and say these things and just to finally Ooh. be able to tell the, everyone about the love I have for you and the thanks that I owe to you. And people always say like you and Dave have such great chemistry. And I'm like, you don't under fucking stand. <laughs> like you just yeah. don't really fully fucking get the idea that like, yeah. you don't know what this person has been there to, to, to help me get through when I was shaking and I'm calling you going, I don't like, what the fuck do I do? Like what, how, what, like she just did this. What do I do? How do I react? Please. What do, what, what is my, 
answer. How do I handle this? Over and over and over and over and over again. And then like that's that's how we started all. Breathe. Everybody breathe. And I tell you the story. You're going. You how the fuck? What the fuck? I mean, just like oh. It was great to at least hear somebody else's reaction to it and go like, okay, I'm not nuts. Like I'm not crazy. No reaction. Like, no, this, this. you told me sometimes I was like, wait a second. Let's say, <laughs> say that again. Wait, what? what is going on? Like, like how the, fuck? I didn't see that one coming. Oh. I didn't see any of this no, shit coming. No, no. It was uh-uh. beyond me and, and beyond. Um, I mean, I'm not a religious person, but I do believe that there are things that have happened in my life in the last two years that make it very difficult to, for me to go down the path that I've been on for 43 years of right. being a real starch atheist. And now mm-hmm. coming back to the idea of like, I always say, I don't know what I don't know. There's a lot of shit I don't know, but has been shown to me in different ways that have made me go fuck. <laughs> Amen. How did that, <laughs> like, Amen. that like, you put the pieces together and you're like, I have a hard time now <laughs> like sitting there and going, this wasn't done for a reason. Like the, 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 this wasn't, this was put together for a certain Not purpose. by chance. Not by chance. It's been laid out. You see the picture and you, you're able to acknowledge it and watch it and understand it. It then, it, it makes sense. And just breathe. Yeah. People who have sent us stuff and the, the, the relationships we've already met with people who are all over the country who we've never even met physically yet that like other countries, other countries, people and all this, like Zach, Zach, the hat sends me DMs like every day. And like, Hey, here's a story you may have missed. I'm like, Oh, thanks man. That's awesome. And I get a DM, you know, picture Mikey Austin sends us something in the discord channel or makes a gift or something, puts it together. We're just like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I, I've always felt very blessed for anybody who gives me any time, but this audience has become something that is beyond what oh. I can really express hmm. from, from a thanks perspective, from like a ride or die. We have, uh, we have so many big plans. <laughs> like we have so many cool things that we want to do. And there's, and, and, it, and it's all because of you. It's all because <laughs> of you guys that let us have these dreams and have these situations. And, I just, I've told Dave this off the air. I can tell, I can tell you to, to you guys that like, I've become so protective of this, of what we are doing. And like different people have different opinions. I'm like, Hey, why don't you guys do shut the fuck up? No, like I'm not, I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not, we're what, good. What about we're good. No, I'm not listening to this? I'm not we're doing good. that. Nope, not doing that. You guys should Thank really you. add. Nope. We're not adding that. Like we're good. I, I like what we're doing. Yeah. And it's, 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 I think going. people do too. So. Hit the like button. Bravo camp told me to tell you, by the way, that he cannot wait for your Thursday hit with him on his show. And he actually said, smash the like button on the interview. I did with him yesterday. He literally quoted you. It was really funny. He said, go, goes Bostonian versus the book, go to YouTube, smash the subscribe button. I was like, man, Dave's going to love this. He's like, tell Dave I did that. I was like, yeah, I'll tell Dave, <laughs> I'll tell Dave that you did that. I appreciate that. So, Subscribe to the podcast where you guys get your audio podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel at pro for youtube.com slash props us. He's Dave. I'm Matt tomorrow, Wednesday for BBB Wednesday.